And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Give me your wallet. Raymond K. Essel, 1320 Southeast Banning, Apartment A. Small, cramped basement apartment, Raymond. How did you know? Because to give shitty basement apartments letters instead of numbers. Raymond, you're going to die. Oh, come on. An expired community college student ID. What'd you study, Raymond? Stuff. Stuff? Where the midterms are? I asked you what you studied. Biology, mostly. Why? I don't know. What did you want to be, Raymond K. Hessel? The question, Raymond, was what did you want to be? Answering, Raymond. Veterinarian. Animals. Yeah, animals. So... Stuff. Yeah, I got that. That means you have to get more schooling. Too much school. Would you rather be dead? No. Would you rather die here on your knees in the back of a convenience store? I'm keeping your license. Gonna check in on you. I know where you live. If you're not on your way to becoming a veterinarian in six weeks, you will be dead. I run on home. I feel ill. Imagine how he feels. Come on, this isn't funny. That wasn't funny. What the fuck was the point of that? Tomorrow will be the most beautiful day of Raymond Chaos's life. His breakfast will taste better than any meal you and I have ever tasted. You had to give it to him. Come on. He had a plan. And it started to make sense in a Tyler sort of way. No fear. No distractions. The ability to let that which does not matter truly slide. Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm Langley West. And uh, episode 152, going old school. Yeah. Just me and you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I was thinking about it. That, uh, we've done this a couple of times, but not many times. Just where me we, and you? Well, not just me and you, but uh, where we we take one film yeah. uh, and, and kind of dissect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't done that a lot. Uh, no. No, no, no. Fury Road comes to mind. Fury Road. Uh, there was... Uh, did we do Mean Streets, I want to say, to discuss De Niro or yeah. Scorsese? Well, yeah, yeah. So we did that for a while, right? Where we take a director and we pick one film. One film. But then we end up just talking about all the shit that they did. I know. And, and, but so, this time's not going to be like that. No, 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 no. And this is one of those films that uh, there's a... It's one of my litmus test films when I talk to people and they go, I really hate this film. Um, I, I kind of have to look at them funny. Like, if someone says, I don't like Enter the Dragon, right. I go, well, what? I don't know that we can be friends. Um, but this film we're talking about is uh, Fincher's 1999 film, Fight Club. Fight Club. But, you know, there's when I, when I think of the 90s, there are three movies mm-hmm. that I kind of, that, that, he, that are my, uh, not saying there aren't other movies in the 90s that I didn't right. like, but there are three movies that I, I, I like. Okay, these, these are the movies that I watched 
over and over and over and still watch over and over and mm-hmm. over. And that was Pulp Fiction. Sure. The Crow. Yeah. And Fight Club. Sure. This. Go ahead. Well, and and they and they're you know they're kind of from different you know like you know Pulp Fiction was the early nineties mm-hmm. that that kind of indie explosion. Um, the Crow was the mid nineties and it was exploring this kind of subculture that 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 had. Uh, been brewing for a long time, but kind of came to I don't know fruition at mm-hmm. that time, and uh, and then uh, uh, Fight Club, which was kind of this personification of this this feeling that had been building up uh, for for a lot of people for a long time, and I was of the age at that time that I was I was so primed for this. That yeah, there's those men, men of the, especially men, I don't want to be sexist about this, but, you know, especially men of a certain age, if there's, this film really resonate, resonated and resonates with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, well, and that's part of what it's about, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the whole, you know, we're a generation of boys raised by women, mm-hmm. you know. Um, or, or being, it was this sort of weird backlash to, I mean, as you go through the 80s and you have Reagan, Reaganism and Reaganomics right, and right. Bushist and, and now in the 90s we're into the Clinton years and so there was this feeling of like um, materialism through the late 80s, early 90s and the idea that, that like you're, you're only the very um, American Psycho, the Patrick Bateman right, kind right. of attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot, a lot of men were and I think they it's even gotten worse now can were were realizing that they've been sold a bill of goods right you know what it and even questioning there's a there's a scene in the film um and by the way we're going to spoil the fuck out of this movie oh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. haven't seen this you should go watch it and come back yeah um but at one point they're on the bus and and the narrator points to something an ad a Calvin Klein ad he goes is right. that what a man looks like and uh, and that's kind of part of what's at the core of this film. Right. It's an examination of what it is to be a man, what is it to be a person, and then a real uh, diatribe against the idea that you can be defined by you know your 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 the cut of your dinette set. Or, right. Or the, the the clothes you wear, the car you drive, mm-hmm. the the you know um, the the idea that uh, you know. The, the car you drive determines who you're going to be um, taking the clothes off of later. You know, it, it's like it's yeah. it's it, it, it's it's a it's a backlash to bullshit is mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well, they, they talk about, you know, the things you own end up owning you. Right. And this sort of weirdly twisted, modern, almost Buddhist take on the whole thing. Right. You know, that's yeah. The people that I talk to who don't like Fight Club, mm-hmm. you know, are just reacting to um, the in, in what in their eyes is a glorification of this kind of n- n- nihilism, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I get that, you know, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it that the fact that Tyler Durden, you know, is clearly off his rocker, and at the same time has a lot of truth. Well, you get a lot of straight talk yeah. from the clinically insane, it, it, right? Exactly, because they're not bound by there. There's a there's a sociopathy of not caring what you think, right? And and sort of the idea of like, am I cynical or am I right? Exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that becomes a it becomes that 
really rich ground that a lot of this comes from. Yeah. Um, I hadn't read the book when I saw the movie, so it all hit me so, out of nowhere. Right, and, uh, you know, I, I've i been trying to think about this in, in preparation for the show. I know I've read the book, mm-hmm. but I can't remember if I read the book before I saw the movie mm-hmm. or after I saw the movie. Um, chances are... I read the book after I saw the movie because it probably led me to it. Um, the only thing, the only takeaway that I that I do have from reading the book is that it it nowhere near struck the chord with me that the movie did. Right. Well, the movie, the book doesn't bury the lead as to who Tyler is. Right. It tells it up pretty straightforwardly. Um, uh, uh, and there are other minor. Well, and that's and, and that's what movies do really well, right? Is that they mm-hmm. they you know uh, reveals and, and surprises and things like that. Are Hopefully, much easier to. And then you have the dark tower to do <laughs> than to do in movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I think this movie it, it hones the focus of what the narrative is talking about. And and going into this, I got some trivia stuff that is fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> it's really this, fucking dude, mind-blowing. This, so, this was a really good choice for us because there's so much meat there's to so chew on. <laughs> there's so much, and there's so many moments of, like, you know, um, metaphorically, like, the record uh, scritching. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, none of it makes sense. Let, let me lay down a couple of ground things. Number one, again, 1999, directed by David Fincher, Book is by Chuck Palahniuk, um, who, by the way, I I'll go out on a limb and say I don't think Fight Club is Palahniuk's best book. Oh, but I, dude, Survivor. Yeah, that's way one of them. more. Invisible Monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking rocks. I, I and I and I remember, you know, I remember. So it had to be after it had to be after I saw the movie because I remember when I was reading Fight Club thinking this is nowhere near as good as Survivor. Mm. Uh, um, man, I'd love to see that movie. I would too. I'd love to. Supposedly they were going to do uh, uh, what did I just say? Invisible Monsters. Yeah, yeah. And the idea of a group of people—if you haven't read the book, spoiler, uh, spoiler—a book, a group of people that one of them which tried to shoot her, kill herself, and she just blew her lower jaw, so yeah. she wears this oh my veil, dude. I, uh, man. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> 90s. Yeah. Uh, I'm running a martial arts school in Coralville, Iowa, called the Coralville Academy of Martial Arts. Sure. Right because Coralville, Iowa, is like the, <laughs> it's like Shaolin. It's like the hotbed for it. Yeah. yeah. And right next to the school is this uh, this big uh, motel. Yeah. And what it's known for is that it's it's kind of a it's kind of a halfway house for people coming out of <coughs> um, assisted living and therapy mm-hmm. and that type of stuff. So f- it, 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 the insensitive way to put there's a lot of crazy people sure. living right next door. And there was this guy named uh, Steve Golden. Steve, if you're listening, <laughs> this is for you, man. Uh, Steve Golden would um, come and, like, hang out at the school and, like, be sitting on my front porch, you know, like when, mm. when I go to open the, the, the school every morning. And uh, and he had this like weirdly messed up face. It was like it was like full of holes, right? And uh, and he would like he would just like, you know, he he'd get in your face and he'd talk to you and he's like he'd be like he'd be in the middle of like and then he'd be like, I'm sorry. 
I'm shining too brightly, aren't I? Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're okay, you're Steve. Yeah, you're good. Shine on, brother. Yeah. Um, I later found out that uh, Steve had tried to shoot himself in the head with a shotgun Ugh. and slipped. Yeah. And his, the result of this this his face thing was um, all of the, the the BBs from the shotgun shell um, just shooting up into his face and then having to be you know cut out wow. one at a time. Wow. And um, but, but yeah, so when you said that, it's immediately <laughs> I had to flash back to my buddy Steve Golden. Uh, script by Jim Alls, which was his, it was his first script. Yeah, which is nuts. Which is nuts because it's a great script. Uh, budgeted at sixty three million and didn't even didn't earn much of that back. I know, you know, and and I didn't remember that. I didn't remember that it didn't do well. I and but then I realized I probably came to it at home. Mm -hmm. I don't think I saw it. In the it really theater. took off in home video where yeah, people yeah. could start to dissect it because this is not a movie that you you sort of. It engages you and it and it forces you to pay attention, yeah, and and rewards you in the more that you pay attention, exactly, the more that it rewards you. The for example, there's a scene where there's a homework assignment about going out. The project ma'am, they're given a homework assignment to get in a fight, and there's a scene where um, uh, a guy sprays a priest with a hose. Right. Uh, for those that are watching. The very next fight scene, you see the priest is the in priest the fight club. The priest is in the fight club, yeah. And um, little things like that, little things about... There's um, a lot. Uh, uh, I got a ton of those. And there's a lot things. of meta, meta stuff, right? Yeah. So, so um, you know, so I, I, I feel like anybody who knows this movie at all knows all this stuff, but we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and that's the subliminal brads. The subliminal brads. I have a list of them. Yeah. Keep talking. So, I have a lot of papers. I and, and it's one of those things that like un, until you know you don't see it. I didn't see it. I didn't. I, and I kicked myself after I re, after I found out because as soon as you know, then you can't. So obvious you, you can't, can't not see them. them. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. Um, and and so for folks who don't know, here we go. So here it goes like this. Uh, in the first of the f appearances, he flashes for a single frame. And, on, and only when the narrator has insomnia. So you see him at the photocopier at work. Right. In the corridor outside the doctor's office when the narrator learns about the testicular cancer support group. Right. At a group's meeting. Um, as the narrator sees Marla leaving a meeting but doesn't follow her. He right. flashes there. And he's also a waiter in one of the in ads. The commercials yeah. for the Welcome. catering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... And the and the relevance of that to the story is later you learn that Tyler works um, as a projectionist mm -hmm. at this theater and one of his one of his uh, as part of his whole um, that's his I, job I, yeah how he well yeah but I mean like as part of his whole um, sabotage oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah. it's the same way about the the food that exactly they did. yeah yeah it was little acts of subversion that would be right uh, which is interesting him being a film projectionist because he in and of its himself is a projection right and exactly. that's all that's the kind of you know eating the tail thing that, that is going on time. so much in this movie yeah. um, a, as a projectionist he um uh splices a single frame of porn into 
children's movies. Yeah, family films. Family films. There's even a scene where you they're watching and you hear that uh, uh, sound. Yeah. And the look on everyone. It's the funniest film scene in the film. Yeah. And they kind of look, the parents look around like, what the well, fuck it's, is that? It's, it's like nobody knows why they feel uncomfortable because it flashed for one twenty-fourth of a second. Crying. Little girls cry. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh my God. It's so, so funny. So you know, when, you, when you get to that point in the movie, and then when you learn about the subliminal breaths, I'm like, you motherfuckers. Motherfucker, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not only that, but in the very beginning... Of the movie, when they're when they're flashing the FBI warning, and yeah, all yeah, that, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, there's a film burn, and like there's like that's this, at the end. There's a oh, flash at of the a end. Clock, okay. Yeah. Although the oh, no, no, I'm talking about the the screed about. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. This whole Instead of the shit. the FBI warning, you can find it online. Oh, dude. I have it written here, and it's really, really long. <laughs> yeah. The so, and but it's, it's only well up written. for a yeah. second. You bet. You if you aren't even. Yeah, you just think it's the FBI yeah. warning. It's kind of like the Chuck Lorre things that he does at the end of, like, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, nobody yeah. can actually read them. You have to, like... It's funny, because at one point, the producers of this wanted Buck Henry to do the script. Yeah. And that's weird. Weird, but I think appropriate. I mean, like... Catch-22. Well, here's the thing. Is, that kind uh, of thing. Buck Henry wrote... The Graduate. That's what it was. And uh, and this film was sold on on the idea that it was like a graduate. Exactly. It's kind of like it's like the ant. It's like the graduate, but it's like the anti-graduate. Right. Because the our, our main character, who we never learn the name of, there's a couple of references to a couple of things. There's uh, the book calls him Jack. Well, it, it, and I was going to say like a lot of people call him Jack because of. The books that they find, right? But the but Polanik does that. But he's also called Rupert after De Niro in King's Comedy, right? Right. Travis after Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver, and Cornelius from Planet of the Apes. I'm kind of of the (laughs) I'm kind of the mind that his name is, it you know this is in Langley world. I think his name's Tyler. I think he's Tyler Durden. Uh, in Fight Club 2, Polonix book, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. he says that it's Sebastian. Sebastian. <laughs> Such a letdown. Such a letdown. Well, that's why I do. I have not. I have intentionally stayed away from Fight Club 2, the, yeah, uh, like the, yeah, the graphic novel. Yeah, the graphic novels yeah. and stuff. They're beautiful. Their well, artwork it, is the shit. Yeah, but I just like, I, I think this is one of those stories that you fucking leave alone. Yeah, you know, uh, I agree. I agree. You don't fuck with it too much, at least. Um, um, real quickly, let me run Edward Norton as the aforementioned Jack. Right. Brad Pitt is Tyler. Who, who most people, when they're talking about the movie, refer to as the narrator. The narrator. Right. Um, Meatloaf in a wild role as Bob. Uh, I, I, a perfect role perfect. for Meatloaf. He's so good in it. He is. Um, Helena Bonham Carter. Here's a couple of things, speaking of trivia. I think I walked over you, uh, Brad Pitt, as... As Tyler, Tyler Durden. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, you, uh, they talked with... Initially talked with Russell Crowe to be um, Tyler Durden, which doesn't make any sense. No. Um, narrator, they looked at Matt Damon and Sean Penn. They were they were wanting... They were wanting a... Uh, uh, for lack of a better word... Sexier marquee name, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was going to bring in more. Yeah, because Edward Norton had just come off of American History X, right? And and which which doesn't doesn't really warm audiences. Well, hearts. and and it, it uh, by the way, uh, Ed Norton. You, you, my respect for Ed Norton began 
when I saw um, Death to Smoochie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I saw American History X. Sure. And I'm like, this is the same guy? I, I saw him in Primal Fear. And with oh, Richard dude. Garrett, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a there's a moment at the end of Primal Fear where he kind of reveals himself. Yeah, holy shit, dude, that's chilling. It's so it's, scary, man. Yeah. Um, and he's perfect because he Edward Norton he kind of fits that whole what what the narrator was, you yeah. know, all of his roles. And, he's a and blank. The, he's a blank. He's a narrate man. He's like it's it's this is a case where we have a character that is set up. So that you are in his shoes, mm-hmm. and um, you're supposed to be as blindsided as he is when, in the movie anyway, when Tyler is when revealed. Tyler is revealed. This is the one that really got me. Um, they were talking about casting Marla Singer, um, and some of the names that hit the table were Vanessa Angel from Kingpin, who's, right, who's very pretty, but I don't know that she would have the weight of that. Right, right, right. Anna Friel from Pushing Daisies. Yeah. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, no. Which, as, you know, Buffy. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. No, no. Um, and uh, the closest one, at the, some point there was a, uh, it was down to Helena Bonham Carter and Reese Witherspoon. That would have been awful. It would have been, her. well... Unless she was going to like completely upend the apple cart and completely change her image. Yeah, but but in, in, this is one of those times when I think the casting director. Well, this was Witherspoon who said this is too dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and uh, Helena Bonham Carter, she's at, great. at least at that time. She is Marla Singer. Let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, the other one that got me, and she turned it down because of the sexuality, was Janine Garofalo, which makes no sense weird. at all. Really no weird. Really weird. No sense at all. Also, uh, initially considered Winona Ryder and uh, Courtney Love. Courtney Love. Both of those might have pulled it off. Both of those make sense when you're you're putting yourself in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Both of those kind of make sense. I mean, like, Winona Ryder was... Um, this was would have been shoplifting Winona Ryder. Uh, right. Around and, that and, time. And, it, and that may have That been, may have had something been, to do with it. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is, is they Edward Norton had already done People vs. Larry Flint. So people already saw Courtney Love's ability to act right. in, in that film, even though she was just playing a drugged out kind of, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Yeah. Um, I think By she way, might have been okay in this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. By the way, for folks who kind of write off Courtney Love because of the the because she's Courtney Love because of the hot mess that she is. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and this will this will come up later in the show, I'm sure, when we're talking about what we've been checking out. Um, if if you, if you haven't seen Man in the Moon. Her performance oh, yeah. in that is amazing. Yeah, yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Um, and also buried in the cast is uh, Jared Leto. Yeah. And a dude who I don't... I can't find his name. Um, one of the main space monkeys is now on a bunch of series. I forget I forget his name, and I feel like a dope for having the, just brought the, him up. The, the, the kind of uh, second-hand guy, the, the, yeah. the bald guy that's kind of like, you know, tough, and he's like... Yeah, he's like the, the, the big enforcer yeah. dude of them I all. don't know that dude's name either, but, but he's, he's in right in this movie. Yeah, and he's, he's like, in everything. He's... He's the one who decides, who <laughs> who comes up with the idea of, like, I get it, I get it. In life, we have no name. But in death, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his name is Robert Paulson. 
we um, back in the day, it is totally copyright. But we we printed up some shirts that just said his name is Robert Paulson on the front of it, and that's fun. Man, that'd be a good pseudonym, you Robert know, like Paulson. If you were gonna do something like, did you ever have a pseudonym? Uh, I had a bunch. Yeah, I did. Um, Abu Hassan Sabu Truth. <laughs> was <laughs> my pseudonym for a while. Yeah. Abu Hassan Sabu Truth. Uh, when we were doing Carpe Noctum, um, we didn't have writers. So, like, I did... <laughs> I used to write uh, game reviews as uh, Ben Richards right from um, Running Man. Um, I used to write under the name Peter Curtin, who was known as the Vampire of Dusseldorf. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I wrote under... I wrote a bunch of them. Uh, let's see... Um, uh, uh, talking about um, actors real quick, um, one of my favorite things, uh, a million favorite things about this movie, but one of them is that um, Matt Winston of the Stan Winston okay. School for Character Arts um, is one of the fighters in this movie. Really? Yeah. That's and uh, uh, I'm trying to remember, um, I'm trying to remember who he was like what character he was it's one of those things like the preacher it's like you you see him in a different scene scene and then he it, shows up as a fighter and he's like it happens again he's to really the, happy the when dude he, on the bus that brushes past them yeah yeah he, yeah, yeah that. he the very next scene Tyler's fighting him and yes. interesting like when that scene happens and he brushes past them he brushes past um Tyler Durden and acts like he doesn't even see him. And then when he brushes past Ed Norton, he says, excuse me. Yeah. Happens again when they enter the club. See, the guy doesn't say anything to Tyler, but yeah. then he acknowledges Ed Norton. And, that's, and, and that's, this is one of those great movies that you can go back and watch oh, over and I've over again. 30 pages here of once, stuff. Yeah. Once you've got, once you, once you know the reveal, mm -hmm. you've got to go back. Yeah, it's kind of like Sixth Sense. Yeah, it's fun to go back and go. I'm such a dumbass. Yeah, how did I miss that? Yeah, um, one of the, the whole time she was ignoring him during this conversation <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he's not there. Uh, you talked about makeup. Um, number one, Helen Bonham Carter insisted that her make makeup artist apply all of her her makeup. Yeah, with her left hand. <laughs> Because <laughs> Bonham Carter felt that Marla was not the person who would be particularly skilled or concerned with correctly applying her makeup. Right, right. The other one went and, um, I'm trying to find her name right now, but she went to a bunch of UFC fights uh, and to, to doc. She had no idea what people looked like when they when got they beaten get, up. Yeah. Um, they also had two fat suits for Bob. One was full of... Um, Birdseed. Birdseed, yeah. And uh, he's the only one... Remember, one of the rules of Fight Club is no shirt, no shoes. Right. But Bob is seen wearing a shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason was is they needed to hide the fat. Well, suits. here's the thing is that uh, when they hired Meatloaf, he was heavy. And by the time they shot, yeah. he, he wasn't was heavy. heavy anymore. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So they, so they put him in a fat suit. In fact, there's a scene in the movie... Where they're all running out of some Project Mayhem yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. and his pants fall down. Uh -huh. That was not in the script. It was just, it was because Meatloaf had lost a lot of weight and, and his he pants had big, fell, yeah, yeah. and Fincher left it in. Because it's funny. It's yeah, it's yeah, it is. It is, it's, it is funny. Um, talking about makeup, this is one of the last, if not the last, um, credits for uh, uh, Rob Bottin. Right. Who, um, you, you know, is, is 
you know, legendary in makeup for doing the makeup for the John Carpenter's The Thing, The Howling. Right, we just talked about him. Yeah, exactly. You know? and he did all the, the makeup in Legend. Yeah, yeah. and uh, at this point when this movie was made, had already kind of slid into this um, recluse, you know, position that he holds now. Um, but he, he did work on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I find that endlessly fascinating because I know there's people that I could talk to that have worked on this movie that could tell me about fucking Rob Bottin has become like he, he's he's you know a testament to the people in the industry. Um, I have friends and people that I talk to and acquaintances that I know know Rob. Mm-hmm. None of them, none of them have given him up. None of them have said, well, here's how you get a hold of me. Right. None of them. And that is... That shit, right? that's a, one, one, that's a testament to him mm-hmm. that he's a good enough guy that nobody wants to fuck him over because he doesn't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And two, um, that... Uh, well, just that, that. That, that you know, you hear about how Hollywood is, you know, this and that and the other. No, there's good people. There, yeah. there are good people. There. I think there are. Yeah. Um, and and you and you have to respect the people that have gone to the, gone to the show and realized, oh, this isn't for me. This isn't what I want to be doing. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, real briefly, we talked about this before we went on mic, but um, a number of people were considered for this, other than David Fincher as director. Sure. Uh, Peter Jackson. That one surprised yeah, me. Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. Well, although, at this point, he had already made. Uh, no, he was it? he was prepping Lord of the Rings. No, 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 but he had made Beautiful Creatures. Yes, and Heavenly Creatures. Or I'm sorry, Heavenly Heavily Creatures. And and if you look at Heavenly Creatures, and then you go, yeah, he could do this. He might be able he, to do yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, it would yeah. be really different. It wouldn't be as gritty. I think. No. Another name was Brian Singer, which I think would have been horrible. Oh, God, that would have sucked. Yeah, that would have been really. That would have been horrible. And the one that makes me really interested is um Danny Boyle. Yeah, Danny Boyle. Um I'd be down for that almost. Absolutely. Um did Danny Boyle make Moon? No, no, no. no. Uh, Sunshine. No, yeah, he made Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Moon Sunshine. David David Bowie's son made Moon. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um Yeah, that I mean, that could have been cool. It, I, again, I think it would have been different. I really think that this is a perfect storm. Like, everybody that should have been involved was involved, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and it's interesting to go through these back roads of where it all went and who we were looking at and what we were considering. Right. But I think that once once the, uh, you know, once rubber met pavement, everybody, everybody was in the perfect spot. Mm-hmm. I think Edward Norton is perfect. I think Brad Pitt is I perfect. Agree. I I I think Fincher was the ideal guy for this. And when you think about, like, for example, how much of it was... For example, the scene where they're in the bar after the apartment blows up, that yeah. was pretty much all improvised. He just started running camera and just goes, here's what I need you to get across, and then just yeah. let him go. And, and and that's brilliant. What a great scene. You know, uh, uh, that, you know and that, that comes to the point of what makes this tough for some people and what makes it tough for me is that um, I can see how some people look at this movie and come away with the wrong 
perspective, it, with the wrong it's, idea. It's the same way that people watch... I've, I've heard this from people when I worked at Suncoast, uh, talking about American History X. Right. When they say, the first half of that is gr- is really good. Yeah, exactly. Like, right, uh, right, I think right. you missed the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and this movie is one of those movies where it's like people... You know, I, I've you know, I've I've known some people who have started fight clubs mm-hmm. as a result of seeing this movie, and uh, there was there. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I get what you're trying to do. You're missing you're missing the whole of the picture, right? Mm-hmm. And, sure. and 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 believe me, I'm the first person to say there is definitely truth to be learned. From fighting, yeah. absolutely. Sure. Um, How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? If you've never been hit in the face. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and I'm all about that, and I I fully applaud that. At the same time, there's better ways to do it. You know. I yeah I agree. I, it's it's really hard for me. That, that that part of this discussion is really hard for me because I do spend a lot of time getting punched and punching people, and it's it's. It's different in the way that there's with Project Mayhem in the film. There's a more of a nihilism, like let's bring it all down. Right. And I don't really, I don't understand that. I understand the the desire, you know, because you feel you've been fucked in life or whatever that to 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 shake the ant farm. Right. Um. But the sad part of it, with age comes the realization that you can shake the ant farm, but they're just gonna build another ant farm. Well, that's you know? the, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, it's like, like I, I remember being of a certain age and, and, and just this whole feeling of wanting to be, you know, part of, you know, a revolution. Like, we yeah. need to fucking... That's you a know, young man's it, game. It is. It's totally a young man's <laughs> game. And... You're um, 15, you go, eh. <laughs> Wait, do I gotta get up? Kojak. Kojak, so... Okay, so here, I I apologize if I'm going to piss off anybody whenever I say this, but here's an example. Um, I can go out and I can shut down the interstate. Yeah. Okay, as part of a protest. Sure. To draw attention to something. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, I get that. (laughs) If If I'm out there and... Somebody wrecks their car mm-hmm. and then fucking dies. Yeah, as has happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how do I deal with that now? Was well, was my righteous indignation of getting out there worth that? Yeah, when some yeah, when it's so. Remember, send those emails to <laughs> Ronald J. West. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a it's it's not enough. Um, the nihilism and the desire to reset the credit code and all that other stuff it's 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 the kind of act that is born out of a sort of youthful absolutely um had had we had like i came to that experience of punching people like i had done it all my life but i really came into it in my 50s right and it was different than it would have had been had i I could very well in my twenties have become the ultimate like broski and that kind of right, you know, right, MMA, right, yeah, 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 yeah. jujitsu guy. Um, but instead, it all happened for me later, and so there was a different attitude for it. But I will say that the the, the lessons that I've learned from this, um, I don't think I could have gotten anywhere else. The right. idea that you can be checked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, the, and that's all so important. Um, yeah. 
But it also blossomed in me the idea of realizing that that they're right. The stuff I own does own me. Absolutely. Having moved across country a couple of times, and I know you have. Yeah. You went. I had that stopped my collecting bug like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. Yeah, and and like I say, there's there's it, it presents a problem, doesn't it? Whenever you're um, watching something like this or opening yourself to these ideas, in that there's a lot of there's a lot of truth there. Mm-hmm. But there's also the recognition of um, this kind of recklessness and, yeah. and this youthful exuberance for this thing that isn't necessarily the best way to go about it. Um, and that I, that I think only comes with maturity. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it also shows that given an enigmatic enough focal point, right? all, I mean... Look at our political situation, but the uh, idea yeah. that anything is possible, even utter madness. And after at a certain point in the certain, the words, even the most ludicrous things become com, become within game, right? Because you 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 know there's there's plenty that Project Mayhem does that you know the wisdom that he exhibits with the human sacrifice in Raymond K. Hessel right is nowhere when they blow up the Starbucks exactly. It's just Infantile destruction. When Robert Paulson gets killed, when the Meatloaf character gets killed, it was for something dumb. They just, they just, yeah, they were just on a goof. But on the other hand, that there's your, there's your point where it, rational minds in the narrative would have said, wait a minute, we got people dead now, and we have to rethink what we're doing. But they didn't. They doubled down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and 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 that particular Project Mayhem project was. Just to destroy a work of public art. Mm-hmm. What is that like? That, that like I don't even see how that fits into their right. Their, when your grand scheme is resetting the, the 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 credit reporting base, you know, blowing up a Starbucks is just silly. Yeah, it's dumb. It doesn't yeah. make yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah, make yeah, any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like I do I do like how it, the film addresses it. It really openly. And and unapologetically discusses mental illness. Everyone in that film is crazy. Yeah, Marla's crazy. Tyler and the narrator are crazy. Yeah, the fucking cops are in on it. Yeah, you know at some point. And the, the there's a there's a great, you know when when the reveal happens and mm-hmm. Tyler's talking to the narrator and he's like, you know everybody has these little break. He's like, but you really ran with it. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a scene where. Um, when Edward Norton gets beaten up really badly, and and the whole thing where he gives his speech about one day you'll own a pair of pants that you'll own the rest of your life, and right? Tyler kind of goes away, and you're led to believe that the next day he wakes up, and the film continues. But um, in my notes, I found that when that scene begins, Edward Norton has a bruise on his head, and when it reveals that he gets up the next day right the bruise is gone and what they're there they 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 state that they're implying is that the entire time he was sleeping recovering from the beat being beaten up tyler was out setting up franchises right around the, around well the yeah so that's that's another part of this is it, it speaks to a uh, a common uh a what i see is largely a modern day problem and that is of insomnia mm-hmm. or at the very least, 
not having enough time to do all the shit you're trying to do. And all so, the stuff that society is telling you you need to do right. to be a successful person. Right, right, right. You know? So in this character, we get this this thing where uh, because you know if, remember at the beginning of the film, insomnia is what kind of leads to this break. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and where where he splits into these two different personalities. Well, and you know what's funny is that I, I I've done sleep deprivation studies with right. people and. You you think oh I'd never, I could never you know and you're wrong yeah well totally <laughs> um, I've seen people you know we've kept I've personally kept people up, hundred hundred and twenty hours yeah and they're not the same guy that walked in oh and so it's really easy to be to just be to that stress point where you have that break I oh, absolutely I work a graveyard job now and often you know on paper. It sounds fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get home at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning. I go to sleep. I sleep X amount of hours. I get up, and then mm-hmm. I go to work. It's different. Just, it's not like that. I've done it for 20 years. Yeah. You, you, know? you, you sleep an hour. Yeah. And then you maybe sleep 45 minutes. And yeah. Then, you know, it's like all these little bits and pieces. And, and it's for me, it's really easy to see how you could... Uh, be kind of living this double life. Well, there's the line in the, the beginning the, when you he talks about when you have insomnia, everything seems a step away. And, muted. And muted. And, yeah. and it's so true. You're never fully asleep and you're never fully awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, over the years, I've been lucky in that, in that I, I've worked with people like, there's a guy at, in San Diego, Dr. Kripke, who was a colonel biologist who talked about a lot of that stuff about, you know, these are the ways you keep. And and a lot of them are really inconvenient. Yeah. Um. You you don't let any light hit your skin at some point, with, and no sunlight yeah. can hit your skin. No screen time. You yeah, know, because yeah. it all resets your your biological right. clock, and it and it can really fuck you up. You know what really fucks with me is that like I'll I'll be at work having slept, for example, last night, having only slept like an hour uh, during the day, mm. and I'm and I'm literally just like standing there, just like hating yeah. life and yeah, dying, yeah, 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 yeah. you know. And then comes a, the the part of the evening where uh, it's physical activity. Mm-hmm. And, you and, and I spend two hours just like jam, 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 Doing jam, jam. Yeah, yeah. And then I get off work. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Now my body and my mind are like all awake. And it's all that. It's really hard. It's the same way a lot of companies have rotating shifts. I've had patients come in who literally don't sleep. Yeah. And, and they look. I, I don't surprise they don't have their own Tyler. You know what uh, I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, real quickly, I wanted to say that uh, I read that Poloniak first came up with the idea after getting beaten up. Uh, he was camp- they were camping and he complained about the next campsites over right. music. Yeah. And they beat him up. <laughs> um, and then he uh, he noticed that when he went to work, no one acknowledged his injuries. Right. They it would was talk like- around it. You know exactly. It was like it was like uh, it, I I read that same thing and it reminded me of how people treat um, homeless people. Yeah, they're just not there. Yeah, or exactly. they just don't mention it. It's the same way if you've ever worked in a corporate situation and uh, a coworker, maybe his spouse or his par- one of his parents has died. People want to show support, but they don't want to walk up and go. So your mom died, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's this weird environment. Yeah. Um, but he also found that um, when he started to scratch the surface on this, 
he found a lot of things about um, the people he was talking to, a lot of men, that they all had father issues. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they all had issues with, like, I'm working my ass off for nothing. You know, right. my life is going to mean nothing. Right. Um, it's the speech about we were all told we were going to be rock stars. You know? Right, exactly. Um, and we have. We were, your mother told you when you were a child that you were special and mom wouldn't lie right so here i am in my 40s and or my 50s or worse and i'm the world has shown me pretty categorically that i'm not special right 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 and that the line ends with him saying and we're very pissed off yeah and i think that drives an awful lot, uh, and a, continues to drive a lot in, a in our country. A big chunk of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. the here's the uh, for anybody who's listening and feels that. Here's the thing that I can offer uh, is that eventually um, you, you die. Well, no, you realize <laughs> that being a rock star, being recognized, mm-hmm. being uh, quote unquote special is not what makes you special. Right. You yeah, know. yeah. You know, well, it, the other so, part of it is is like when you meet people who are quote unquote you have they have that life. And then you realize you realize the the level of energy that has to be expended, let's say to be a rock star. Sure. Or even an actor. Yeah. Um the debilitating moments in the life where you have to go to auditions Right. And, and the shit you have to put up with to be that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it worth it? <laughs> think about it. Uh, think about a, 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 an athlete whose um, aspirations are to become an Olympian. Mm-hmm. You know, and their childhood is essentially erased. Mm-hmm. You know, is it worth it? You yeah. know, it, I, I, for me. Um, while I've never become, uh, you know, like a, a, a something that I may have aspired to when I was a child, mm-hmm. um, Ninja I've, Turtle, I've gotten enough. Yeah, I've gotten enough. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and it's enough that I'm happy. It's enough that I'm. It's enough that I've at least done some of the stuff that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, yeah, and it's really easy to think that. You know, how many artists out there right now that are or writers or whatever that are going like. This is it. This is it. This is the thing. And then when you get on the other side of it, you realize even the thing isn't the thing. Right. Exactly. And you end up still having, you're still at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, no matter what happens with whatever I do writing wise, at the end of the day, I still spend most of my time in my office alone hammering that shit out. Life really doesn't change, you know, but you can take solace in the fact that like, Hey man, I can look on this shelf. Mm-hmm. There's that book I wrote. There's that book I wrote. At the very least, I feel like it's like widgets. You're you're, you're really making a widget. Yeah. And then, you know, what? How the world yeah. receives your widget is, is ever, up to you, dude. If I ever start feeling bad about shit like that, because like in my 30s, like when this fucking movie came out and <laughs> fucked with me, I felt that a lot. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm it half, was. I'm halfway that there, age. and yeah. I have it. Yeah. And, uh, but now if I ever feel like that, I fucking, I go and I look at a sculpture I made. I look at a drawing sure, I made. Sure. I look at, um, hey, here's my IMDB page. I worked on this, this, and, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm not, you know, Hollywood, but. Yeah, whatever. I've the, done, yeah, uh, uh, short story. 
I may have <laughs> that I may have said before. Um, at one point, there was a guy working for me. Um, his name was um, Chuck Baker. Um, Chuck Baker was an old guy. Um, he was a uh, he was working for me as a security officer at a Las Vegas um, hotel resort. And I was fucking miserable. I was a, I was the I was the security shift manager. You know, like I I should have been like you know feeling pretty good about myself. I was fucking miserable, and it was obviously painfully obvious to everybody around me. And so one night I'm sitting outside and I'm just chain smoking, chain smoking, chain smoking, and Chuck's uh, like, "Hey, boss, what's you know you got what's going on?" And I'm like, "Man, I'm not I'm not doing what I." wanted to do. And he's like, what did you want to do? I'm like, man, I wanted to write. I wanted to draw. I wanted to paint. I wanted to, to make movies. That, like, that's what I wanted to do. And he's like, oh, I didn't know any of that. He's like, do, do you draw? I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I got to, here, check it out. And I'm like, we've got these drawings, right? And he's like, do you paint? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, do you, so he's, he goes through these things, right? And he's like, Sounds to me like you're doing what you want. And I'm like, Wisdom of the old yeah, I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. Chuck, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. rest in peace, Chuck Baker, um, guitarist on um, hits like uh, Delta Dawn and oh, shit. For, yeah, for Tanya Tucker. And oh, a wow. A lot of jazz stuff. Yeah, he was a great wow. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, so, wow. Dropping wow. knowledge on me and straightening me out. So thank <laughs> you, Mr. Baker. Doing the thing. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Yeah, so the film overall. Um, I, I'm just going on the assumption that everyone knows what the narrative is. Um, yeah, we haven't really addressed the plot. But in I, a nutshell, it's a guy, a disenfranchised guy who's in like a, a kind of an insurance adjuster, kind of looking right. for Q and A. Um, can't sleep, fractures, meets a guy and a girl at a, a, a pivotal time in his life. Yeah, and then um, uh, you start to learn about how the three relate, and especially the relationship between the narrator and, and this enigmatic figure, Tyler Durden. Um, uh, it's, um, yeah, there's, the, the we talked about the reveal and all the other stuff. I just, well, you know. the ultimate, the ultimate reveal is that this, 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 enig this, this charismatic, charismatic guy that he meets. Yeah. Um, is him. Mm -hmm. It's him. It's, it's, it's what, it's it, it's like his pure id. I it's I really love that we're doing this episode after we did our werewolf episode <laughs> because I wish that I would have thought of this when yeah, we did it. It's kind of a this werewolf. This is a movie. fucking werewolf movie. Yeah, yeah. good thinking. Yeah. yeah, that is really good. Yeah, uh, I mean Tyler, and, and it's even mentioned in the movie. Tyler fucks like he wants to. Right. Acts like how looks he, like wants he wants to. to looks like how he wants, he wants to. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I never thought All of that. All the things that he couldn't do. In... And he doesn't really have a choice when Tyler comes out. And right. even when Tyler comes... Like, Tyler is in scenes with people, and and they do these really cool things. Um, when Lou comes to the basement yeah. and he beats up Tyler, the first time he punches him in the stomach, Edward Norton's standing off, sort of off to the side. Yeah. And you see him buckle. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he gets kicked in the head, you see his head rock back. Yeah. And that's really cool. It's really cool when you here's, fucking find out. Here's the one I really like. Um, after the narrator's apartment gets bombed. Right. We learn later it is bombed. Yeah. He goes to a telephone and he picks up the phone and he dials a number. 
and no one answers and he hangs up now they don't draw attention to this but when you hang up and the phone call doesn't complete the coin goes to the coin slot right then the phone rings and he picks it up and it's tyler and as that happens there's a pan across the the phone that says no incoming calls allowed right so it can't get it incoming can't calls. get a call now here's the kicker later when they meet in the bar and they're walking out just before he punches him in the ear. Yeah. Tyler goes to a to a um, phone, which we, we assume is the same phone. Right. And he pulls the quarter out of the, yeah. out of the coin slot. Dude, it's, there's so many it's things. It's so cool. It's like, I, 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 like if, you, if you doubt David Fincher's ability as a director, you have clearly have not been paying attention. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's amazing. Um we're I, I love, by the way, um, what what is it? The is it the Paper Street Soap Company? Yeah, it's it, the, the the dilapidated house that that yeah, yeah. that uh, that they live in, where he lives in, and uh, I love that for the narrator's, um, for lack of a better word, um, it's really the introduction for us, right? He's he's you know he's. He's serving at that point as the the guy that takes us into this world, mm-hmm. right? And that it really is a separate world. They've gone off the grid. They're in this weird part of they're town. They're squatting. Yeah, they're squatting in this house, um, and it 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 gives us the opportunity to start to learn all this stuff because well, they're not having to deal with like other people around and other shit going on, right? And uh, they're in this this separate place, um, and the address itself uh, in map making a paper street is yeah. a street that doesn't exist exactly. yet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's very fun. Uh, production wise, what's really cool is that um, one they found this this house mm-hmm. and they, they they filmed their exteriors there, but then they went and they in a warehouse they rebuilt the house, mm-hmm. so all the interiors are like artisans like fucking built this fucking house you know it wasn't like you know they they went inside and shot there no they there just happened to be a bunch of these magazines yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i just yeah the 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 idea that it's flooded and it's shitty and and the electricity goes off and on and and it's this very spartan existence again again uh just like Pressing those nerve points on, a, on men of a certain age. It's like. Yeah, although, to be fair, like, Fight Club is one of my wife's comfort movies. Like, my wife, when she is having a hard, tough day, she'll put Fight Club on. I know a lot of women who really like this movie. Yeah. I, and I don't know. I, I, I think for maybe for different reasons than guys do. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I think that sense of. Inherently, that sense of. I don't know how, but I got fucked is kind of universal. Yeah, that's that's true. That's <laughs> I think true. women I just yes. feel that sense of like, what am I busting my ass for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But there's so much stuff. I, I kind of... I know, we're, we're so running out of time. <laughs> um, let me just hit a couple things that okay. I thought were very, very cool. Number one, Polanyik said that he found thought the film was better than the book. Um, I agree. Edward Norton and Brad Pitt took, took basic boxing lessons, taekwondo, and grappling. 
and looked at a lot of UFC fighting. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So did the um, makeup artist, as I said before. Yeah. Uh, initially, when after Marla and Tyler fucked, um, the original script had her say to him, <laughs> I, I want to have your abortion. Right. The producer hated it, was offended by it. Was it. like, oh, this is too much. Yeah, you have to change this. And so Fincher said, yeah, I'll change it, but whatever I change it to, it's lot written in stone. And she agreed. And, and it was so much worse and so much Yeah, funny. he changed it to, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. And she wanted to change it back, and he goes, you agreed. Yeah, tough shit. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty funny. Um, I said that. Um... By the way, uh, if you have the um, if you have the, the the disc of this, there is so much good. There's so much extra so much stuff. Good extra stuff. Um, Fincher was mad because the studio didn't know how to promote the film, so they yeah. promoted Brad Pitt and they promoted the violence. And yeah. They, they aired ads in um, uh, in rotation with WWE and UFC, I do and that really pissed Fincher off. I do remember um, seeing the trailers for this and and not being excited for it because it just looked like uh, as much as I love those movies it just looked like another Hard Times or another Any Which Way But Loose yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. or Every Which oh, Way I But Loose Oh I get it. Bare Knuckle Boxing. Right, right, right. Yeah, but that's clearly so not what about. this is about. Uh, in the book Polanyi gives a workable um, recipe for explosives uh, and yeah, in the movie, yeah. they didn't. They, yeah. they did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. movie was shot over 138 days with 300 scenes shot on 200 locations. Um, the shot, the, the, the shot um, out of the trash can, mm -hmm. uh, it's mostly CG. Right. And that scene took three weeks to render. Yeah. Oh, I don't Just doubt it. Just the computer grinding. I don't doubt it because, one, it's, it's photorealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, two, it's you're covering a lot of ground. We're coming out of the trash. We're going around all this different stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also, you know, there's the shots that go um, through the apartment mm -hmm. uh, to, that show how the uh, the gas uh, leak and the spark of the refrigerator. Yeah, 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 you go yeah. down through the street, down to the van mm -hmm. on the other side of the street. Yeah. Um, all of that. Um, also, that opening sequence with the Chemical Brothers the pullback, music, yeah, yeah, where we're we're you don't know what you're watching at first, right? Yeah. It's just all this weird shit, and what you're watching is synapses in the brain going off, mm -hmm. and then uh, releasing chemicals into the body, inducing yeah. fear and adrenaline, and then eventually you're coming out to. Uh, Eventually, it's a, it's a barrel of a gun in a guy's mouth. Sure, yeah. um, the synapses firing were supposedly the the initiation of the narrator's fear response. Right. Yeah. And exactly. that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, nothing. It, it, you know, this is one of those movies where um, nothing was happenstance. Everything was yeah. like it's we, very calculated. Yeah, very calculated. Um, we're going to get some of that. Uh, there's a Starbucks coffee cup in every scene. Yeah. <laughs> and that's hilarious. Uh, we said there were real uh, fight clubs. There was a gentleman's fight club in Menlo Park, California, that was mostly, um, members were mostly from the high-tech industry. Yeah. How much would you, you, you'd go to that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> go beat up some well, you techno know, bros, sure. You know, you know, prior to this movie coming out, there kind of was such a thing. Yeah. That was even working on kind of the same ideas, uh, and that was um, 
our friends, the the Dog Brothers. Yeah, um, the very dog, much so. Yeah, the Dog Brothers were are these guys that were they were all. Um, you can look them up on the internet. Yeah, they were they were uh, they they were they still are uh, Filipino uh, martial artists who kind of got and 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 different from from different disciplines, uh, but they. They, they 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 wanted to answer that question because so much of your training is you know and then you would do this and mm-hmm. this would happen and they were like would that really happen you know yeah there's a little bit of Fight Club in this stuff there's totally I mean they're out there with like fencing helmets and football gear yeah. and hitting each other with sticks yeah 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 crazy and getting hurt really fucking bad sometimes uh, this is it here Marlo Singer's phone number five 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 zero one three four is also Teddy's number in Memento <laughs> it's also the name of uh, the number for the Hong Kong restaurant in Harriet the Spy and uh, a mental institution in an episode of Millennium <laughs> that's one of those I think it's like the same newspaper gets used in oh yeah movies. oh what was it uh, what, uh, uh, Al Bundy right uh, yeah 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 yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah all the same newspaper yeah. uh, Helen Bottom Carter based Marla Singer on late stage Judy Garland totally see it totally see it totally and see David it. Fincher referred to her as Judy on set wow that's fun um, who cares how much they were paid? Brad Pitt and Elena Bonham Carter were going to visit real um, uh, uh, support groups. Support groups, especially the terminally ill. Yeah, and they thought they they finally ended up like you know, this is a little disrespectful. That's Someone another. That's this. another thing about this movie is that there's so many there's so many different um, there's so many different things in it. So like we didn't even talk about the support group thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, like. The way he meets Marla mm-hmm. is he's going to. He's a tourist. He's yeah. He's going to support groups that he doesn't have. He, he yeah, does, yeah, yeah. He he's he, he doesn't have testicular cancer, but he goes to the testicular cancer mm-hmm. support group so he can cry. Yeah. So that he can sleep. So that he can sleep. Uh, Marla says uh, the support groups are cheaper than a movie and there's free coffee. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because a few years before she was in a movie called Margaret's Museum. Yes. And Kate Nelligan says she goes to funerals because it's cheaper than bingo and there's free food. That's right. And there that's is. That's right. Um, which which even, even goes back a little earlier to um, Harold and Maude, where yeah. Maude goes to funerals to hang for, with people. Es- people. Essentially to like... That's her social scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tyler Durden, named after the character Toby Tyler in Toby Tyler or Ten Weeks with a Circus, and a man called Durden with whom Polaniak worked. He was fired for sexual harassment. Marla Singer was named after a young girl named Marla who beat up Polaniak's sister. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck, you're carrying a lot of baggage, buddy. God bless you, because that's why... That's why you write the shit you do. Uh, speaking of support groups, at one point, both uh, the narrator and Marla are at a sickle cell. That's right. And neither of them are black. Neither of them are black. Um, and everyone is fucking glaring at him. <laughs> it's like, why are you here? Why the fuck are you here? And she then, even goes to the testicular thing. Right, right. And she makes the point that like she has more right being there than him because she has no balls. <laughs> you still have both your balls. And it's that kind of humor that is just so funny. Dude, this movie is hilarious if you let it be. If like, you let it be. 
It's dark. And punched me in my ear? Yeah. Like, why my ear? Well, he was told to. They were supposed to do a fake Hollywood punch, and then right. Fincher pulled him aside and he goes, punch him in the ear. In the ear. And if you watch that scene, after he punches him, you can see Edward Norton laughing, because he thinks it's funny. Um... Chemical Brothers, we didn't talk about the soundtrack. Chemical Brothers with a great score. Supposedly, Fincher initially wanted radio. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Which I just be making it a much more maudlin. Different, yeah. Uh, Chemical Brothers, I think, was a great choice. I love the inclusion of um, Tom Waits going out west. Yeah. Uh, when we um, are, are going west. I, God damn it, I can't remember. Yeah, when they're the, going to the bar. Yeah, when they go in the bar. And uh, that's perfect. Perfect. Um, there was a lot of... Specific brands referenced. Uh, Starbucks coffee. There was right. a video store that was a blockbuster. Right. Um, and they mentioned um, the annotated reader, which was a Reader's Digest thing. Yeah. Uh, a guy named J.T. Radcliffe is the guy that wrote I Am Joe's Spleen and I Am Joe's right, right. Barnacle. Right, right, His right. His carbuncle or whatever yeah. the fuck. And, and, um, and that becomes a, you know, I, I think the source for people calling the narrator Jack. Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the, and the thing I love is uh, when the narrator puts Marla on the bus and tells her, uh, she says, you're the worst thing that ever happened to me. Um, shot a t it was shot a few doors down from the old Olympic Theater on 8th Street between South Hill and South Broadway in Los Angeles. It's where Charlton Heston ran in the middle of the street and says, there's no there's phones no ringing. <laughs> Which I guess in L.A., you you know, everywhere has been filmed That's at some true. point. I'm buzzing through a lot of this stuff. Man, the uh, Bradbury building, like, could you... Oh, I know. It's like, I just had some friends. Uh, William Faith, who was on here. I yeah. was, he just went to the Bradbury building. Oh, man, that'd be so cool. Um, interesting things. When, the, when, to, when, they, when they're walking down the street and they start hitting cars with baseball bats, yeah. they especially hate Beatles. And the reason they hate Volkswagen Beatles is they're sort of... Um, uh, they're, they're, they relate to that whole hippie culture right. and how cool it was and how those hippies now are working in corporate and selling right. that dream back to a younger generation. Right, exactly. But what's interesting when they... The hippies became the yuppies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when they hit the car, Tyler hits it first and nothing happens. And when Norton hits it, right. the alarm goes off. Yeah, again, showing us that Tyler's not real. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell, when the movie came out, she said that she saw the film earlier in the week and wasn't able to sleep. Um, she then proceeded to give away the twist ending. Come on, Rosie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and urge all of her ver viewers to avoid the movie at all costs, which yeah. I think is reprehensible. Yeah, fuck you. Who are you? Yeah. Let's talk about your movies, <laughs> Rosie. <laughs> uh... Final shot in the, of the collapsing buildings are all buildings that, um, let's see. The collapsing credit buildings were designed by Richard Bailey, who worked on the shot for over 14 months straight. According to um, Fincher, there are almost 4 million separate animated digital elements. Yeah. And all of the buildings were, they were CGI'd in. Yeah. And they were all Fox-owned properties because they didn't want to get sued. Yeah. It, and... You know, that scene where they're standing there holding hands, looking out mm -hmm. at, at this happening, the the, the, the ultimate, uh, you know, it's funny because he both he both defeats Tyler mm -hmm. and Tyler gets what he wants. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah, same yeah, yeah. time. And ultimately, 
you know. And they kind of the narrator gets the girl. Yeah, he gets the girl, and and it had it's he sums the entire movie up where you met me at a really strange time. Yeah, in my life. it's like, like it's a win win for you everybody. You shot yourself in the face, dude. Dude, it's, to kill this guy, you shot yourself. Oh my god! So that's another. Uh, okay, uh, backing up for a second. Music. Mm-hmm. Um, where's my mind by the Pixies? Is like has never been used as awesomely as it is in this film. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. The perfect, perfect. Again, pitch perfect. I it, like. I can't say enough about this movie. Uh, this one blew me away. Um, so, at the testicular cancer support group, the leader, the, the the leader of the group, right, says, "I look around this room and I see a lot of pain or or strain." Yeah, yeah. He yeah. says, and then later Tyler makes his middle children of history speech and he says, "I look around this room and I see a lot of yeah potential." Or Absolutely. It it's. I think it's cool. Ooh, right by me. Well, I think it's cool that like one of the subliminal brads, one of the subliminal Tylers, mm-hmm. pops up with his shoulders or with his hands on the shoulders of the the, yeah. the guy. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. he's like there for a second, like uh, support. Let's see. I'm almost done here. Oh, when they leave, when they leave the airport um, after meeting, uh, you see Tyler race off and he jumps in someone's car and yes. take off, and the guy goes chasing after him. That's really funny. Um, yeah, so so clearly there is uh, a ton of stuff. I, I don't. I almost feel like we're preaching to the choir because most of the people that have that sure, listen to yes, us, but but. But I also think that we may have hit on a couple things that, like, even people who like the movie may have, you may have missed. When I was doing the research, I I kept going, like, holy shit. And I'll be honest, um, I keep going back to the Raymond Castle thing, but uh, I was just watching it yesterday, and uh, it brought back this flood of memories for me because, you know, I was, I've been robbed at gunpoint a couple times, and and it just, it really brought me back to not only the time of when, when I was robbed, but also um, that feeling afterwards, that feeling and the understanding, it helps me. It maybe sort of helped me understand where that desire to to be in the Fight Club um, and understanding the nihilism. It's like, man, that feeling of somehow I'm helpless and this is my life and it is ending one minute at a time. That's right. Um, which is a weird wrapped up. All of this is this weird Buddhist Taoist stuff. Yeah. that's kind of bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I met. Polanyak at a zombie con um, right. one year, and he did. They did a discussion of Fight Club. It was him and Max Brooks, and it was really fascinating. Yeah. Um, what a what a guy to have a discussion with though. Like, that's what like, I thought. like why Max Brooks? You yeah. Know, it was like yeah. And it was a it was a secondary admission that you had to pay to go to it. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. yeah. Um, He's right down the road. We should we should see if he wants to come on sometime. Max Brooks? No, no. Chuck. Yeah, he is. He's, he yeah. lives in Portland. Yeah, um, he was very nice, yeah. he, and he was—he signed a lot of stuff. Cool, um, and bit me in the neck. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've seen the picture. So, uh, <laughs> so that's Fight Club. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that we gave too much insight into it, other than the fact that it was sort of all passed through. I mean, no, no, any time that you do this, it really, do, it really just comes down to. This is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love this. <laughs> All right. So we're going to come back in a minute and uh, we'll go over news and stuff. So sit tight. Well, I told Paul at 2 a.m. all drunk and full of smoke. My wife said I have had enough. That said I'm sick. Get out. So I stumbled down to Kelly's pub across the edge of town. And I told the boys my story and we had another round. 
down and weep for Mary McGregor filing out some sleep. Okay, so we're back. Yeah. We're babbling about Fight Club. Uh, let's see. I got a lot of things to go over this yeah. this thing. Not a lot of these, the deaths this week were big, but I, I want to bring them up because they, they, they bear repeating or mentioning. Uh, Mundell Lowe, guitar player, played for Billie Holiday and uh-huh. um, Charlie Parker. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of gave Bill Evans, if you know Bill Evans, the piano player, yeah. gave, gave Bill Evans uh, his break. Uh, Robert Popwell, bassist for the Young Rascals, and he also played with uh, the Crusaders, if you know the Jazz Crusaders. Sure. Um, Peter Baldwin, he was an actor in a lot of um, Italian cinema. He was in he, he was in a movie called The Ghost, um, also called Lo Spectro with Barbara Steele. Anthony Harvey, Harvey, Anthony Harvey directed Lion and Winter. Okay. See what I mean? They're, yeah, they're, they're yeah, important, yeah, yeah. but they're not that important. Yeah. Um, Ken Shapiro, who wrote and directed the Groove Tube. Yeah. I I'll tell you what I I see I saw the Groove Tube in the theaters dozens of times. Um, because groove, it, I was like young and I could get in to see it and have right. nudity. The, the Groove Tube, you know, is notable because um, you know we're seeing John Landis mm-hmm. kind of Chevy Chase kind is of in for it the first time. It's, the Zuckers, I want to We're say. We're also involved. seeing some of Rick Baker's early gorilla yeah, work. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pissed off gorilla. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, right around the time of things like Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah. And yeah. What was the other one? Um, something Vision. Tunnel Vision. Something like that. The, uh, it was the mouth with the eyeball in it. Anyway. Oh, anyway. Uh, video drum? No, not video no, it drum. Uh, um, it was something like God, that. It was it was it was very much the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. vignettes yeah. and stuff. Uh, and then the, the the huge one this this week was Jim Neighbors. Jim Neighbors. Yeah. A man is in his eighties. Yeah. Retired from the public eye. Yeah. Didn't didn't even show up to places like Brand Branson, from what I can I can tell. Right. Uh, you, you know, referring to his singing career, mm-hmm. um, he had. He he had a, a career as a huge singer. career, yeah, yeah. Um, not, not and surprising people in the fact that he could sound like a yokel one minute and sound like a operatic baritone the next. Right. In the same way, I think people like another person that just passed away, Mel Tillis, surprised people. Yeah. Because he stuttered. Yeah, really bad. exactly. Um, uh, interesting thing about the neighbors, um, gay. Yes. Um, and long never, time gay. And never really, never Talked really hit it. it, you know. But it didn't. 
but didn't wear a sign either. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he just, uh, when he married his partner, they came to Washington yeah. to get married. Yeah, because we were one of the first states that, that allowed it. Go Washington. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, responsible for a character that became a trope. Mm-hmm. Um, and Iconic in its own way. Yeah, uh, both him and his replacement, um, whose name I can't remember. Ken Berry. Ken Berry played Goober. No wait, Ken Berry was somebody uh, else. Not Ken Berry. Ken Berry played the the, the sheriff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I forget the guy. I can't name. remember that guy's name. He was also on Hee Haw, but he played Goober. Yeah, as Goober. Opposed to Gomer. George Lindsay. Okay, George Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but jo- both, I, why when you said Goober, I thought George Goober Lindsay. Both of them kind of solidified this uh, this idea of the country yokel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, to the point where um, in uh, Full Metal Jacket, yeah. we, we refer to the, One the, of the characters, characters as, as, as Pile. Yeah, yeah, as yeah, yeah. Private Pile. Yeah, yeah. And when he opened his mouth, it was just like, oh my God. Um, but yeah, he was, he wasn't... I want to say he'd gotten into some kind of business in the same way that Roseanne owns a macadamia farm. Yeah. Uh, and or uh, or or uh, uh, Bruce Campbell owns a lavender farm. Does he really? Yeah. I in, didn't know in that. Oregon. Oh, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. But gotta have just, that backup plan, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he was just someone who, at some point, he was like. You know, maybe maybe it was had to do with him being gay and knowing that at the time there was no way that was going to turn out well in the public eye. Right. Um, ridiculous as that sounds, uh, but for whatever reason, he quietly just retreated. Yeah, and he came back in that in that weird myth rumor thing in the same way, like you know the whole Richard Gere thing. Right, um, but there was around the time that. Rock Hudson was out of just having HIV. Right. There was all this talk about how somehow they were him and Jim Neighbors had been involved, and Jim Neighbors had HIV, and it was all this weird, stupid thing. Right. Um, but yeah, he iconic in his own way. Did you see that thing that uh, that that uh, uh, one of my uh, Facebook friends had posted, and it was like it was, they said interesting quote, but I don't know where the quote's from. Mm. God damn it. Um, and it was that uh, conspiracy theorists are uh, our conspiracy theories are the loser's version of history. Sure. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's totally fan true. fiction. Yeah. It's it's all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some news, we just watched the trailer for this Batman anime thing. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious it's it's cool first of all what the fuck's the gorilla i don't know but the gorilla's cool <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad he was there it reminded me the anime style reminded me of uh ninja scroll i was gonna say ninja scroll yeah especially yeah, yeah. like when they're running and stuff yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. totally it's it it's it's <laughs> batman in feudal japan yeah um <laughs> Which I guess, yeah. and, and you're right. Like the Joker looks cool, yeah. and everyone looks yeah. cool, and yeah, I'm yeah, I'm kind of down. There's there's guys wearing Joker masks at yeah. one point, yeah, yeah. which yeah. makes perfect sense. With yeah, Kabuto and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, yeah, I'll see it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This is weird. Annie Lennox uh-huh. from the Eurythmics, yeah, A.K.A. Doctor Annie Lennox O.B.E. Mm-hmm. is the new chancellor at Glasgow Collodian University. Yeah, 
Cool. Uh, cool. Cool. Very cool. It's like learning Brian May from Queen is an astrophysicist right. guy. Uh, or that uh, Bruce Dickerson is a you know a pilot. A pilot. You know who else is a pilot? <laughs> uh, airline pilot. Um, Steve Morris of the Dixie Dragons. Oh wow! Yeah, they fly. He flies in. You know, recently. Um, Bill Burr flies helicopters. Annie Lennox and uh, who was the other half of the Arithmetics? Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart um, sat down in the same room for the first time. Wow. Years and years yeah. and years and years and. Uh, uh, did interviews and stuff and talked about the Eurythmics. And cool. Because they both have gigantic, I'd even say, way you know, bigger careers individually yeah. since the Eurythmics. Dave Stewart is a producer. Is a producer. There's a great series on YouTube called What's in My Bag? Yeah. Um, Amoeba Music, and they did one with Dave Stewart, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah very cool. I, I just love that stuff. Yeah. Um. This one, this one got me. <laughs> At one point, there was active discussions for a film that uh, was being pitched as Cheech and Chong meets Jason Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows why that didn't work. But... Yeah, I'm just gonna leave is it that. Being, there. Wait, is it being revisited or why? No, it just came up that they were that they were at one point they were talking about about this movie and 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 not just in a huh that'd be funny in a stoned kind of way. Yeah, but like meetings Seriously, were held yeah, yeah. and yeah. Kevin Smith. <laughs> I don't even know how you even even get there without. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, this one, this one was interesting too. Um, Guillermo del Toro says he regrets not taking over the Dark Universe for yeah. Universal. Uh, we had talked about this last week. Last week, where we were talking about man, somebody should have given uh, Guillermo del Toro the, pre and apparently he was given the opportunity <laughs> at at one point. Yeah. And he turned it down. Yeah. Wait, That's too bad. God damn it. Could you imagine? Just, it would have been so awesome. As we said last week, any of those uh, Universal films in his hands, I'm suddenly interested. Oh, yeah. I'm really happy that uh, I'm just seeing nothing but glowing reviews for Spirit of the Water. Or uh, The Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Yeah. Why do I keep doing Spirit of the Water? I don't I know. I think I think Rush, like Spirit of the Radio. Spirit of the Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Same alliteration. Um, let's see. There's going to be a... I don't know who asked for this, but there's going to be a Daphne Velma origin film, live action. Man, for a second, I thought you were going to say a Daphne, uh, Daphne Velma orgy. No, it's an film origin film. Because it's I, them although I'm sure that's been made. Oh, yeah. There is. There's, a, there's actually a great Scooby-Doo-based porn film. Um, um, it's them before they met Fred, Shaggy, and Scooby. Okay. In other words, the meat of it. <laughs> like, I just don't understand. It's... Um, also, I read that. Remember, we talked a, lot, a couple weeks ago about the success of Riverdale, yeah. and they're doing this sort of X Filesy Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh huh. That's now been moved from the CW to Netflix. Okay. I'm well, right. okay. It should be better. There's. Uh, they also just premiered on Netflix that Darkness, that Swedish child killer movie. I have not. We we t we showed the trailer. We talked okay. about the trailer months ago. Okay. Um, they cast a girl, Liu Yifei, in the live-action Mulan. Wait a minute, that that brings up, that 
that brings up a point. It's like you know we've talked about in the in the past how um, prolific Netflix is being mm-hmm. in in making stuff and producing stuff and getting content out there. Are they now buying properties that other people know. have made? There's we we talked about it a week or two ago about how there's like forty. It's, it's amazing. Like if you go on Netflix, good. it's like every day, yeah, every, almost every other day, there's yeah. something new. Yeah. Not all of it's good. Uh, a couple of which I I'll talk about later, but yeah, it's right on. Uh, let's see, but yeah, the live action Mulan. Yeah. Sure, I actually stand by the, the animated Mulan. Even with Eddie Murphy in it, I think it's a solid little piece of female empowerment. Sure. And what have you. Basket Case getting a limited edition Blu-ray from Arrow. Cool. Okay, sure. Yeah. It has its fans. You know, Basket Case is one of those weird films and and film franchises that never was really, um, for lack of a better word, good, Mm -hmm. but was odd enough that it got... You know, it got play, mm-hmm. and uh, I have I have Blu-rays at home. You know, the Basket Case Two, Basket Case. Sure, three, sure, and, sure. And uh, well, uh, some Lauder. of the makeup that you know that was done in some of the later things was really cool. Yeah, I I interviewed him a lot once, and he was you know great New Yorky kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, and it's a cool idea. It really. is a cool idea. I, I, I really think the execution's a little raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Belial, the, the creature's kind of dopey looking. Yeah. Because that could have been frightening and that, should have been frightening. Yeah. Um, going to be upcoming a documentary called Won't You Be My Neighbor about the life of Fred Rogers. That would be very cool. I'm in. Yeah. I'm totally in. Totally. Um, we talked about David Fincher and Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still adamant about doing a World War Z sequel. Yeah, I don't get it. But it. It makes me scratch my head. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. Maybe a few years ago, but... Uh, Apparently there's a story there that he wants to tell. You know, we were talking about, as we were getting ready for this show, we were talking about doing a David Fincher mm-hmm. kind of over retrospective as we've done with other directors. And you and I both kind of decided... Too fucking hard. Yeah. Like, like there's too much good there's stuff. There's too much good stuff. It's like Aronofsky. There's just too much. Yeah. You know. I mean, like seven. You could. We could probably we have should. a podcast just on. We should. Seven. Even and speaking of Aronofsky, I'd love to do one on, on his Fountainhead or the Fountain. Not the fountain. Uh, uh, oh yeah. The fountain. The fountain. I think the Fountain is. Like, is yeah, the Fountain it's, is. For me, it's in that rarefied air around things like like the Fall. The Fall. Yeah. 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 Just curse the golden flower. Yeah. Films that are just too beautiful to, to hang. Yeah. With. Um, you won't care about this, but they, they announced that there's going to be a crossover between Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead, and they're kind of doing What? No. <laughs> and they're kind of doing a cheat, because initially, follow me on this if you want to, um, they introduced a character, Morgan, in the very first episode, and then he kind of went away for a season or two, and what they're postulating is, is during that time, he traveled and ran into the Fear of the Walking Dead people. Uh-huh. I could care less. Yeah. We've talked about that. I'm surprised Fear of the Walking Dead is still on. It, yeah, they, they're and they're. Blatantly, I never hear anyone talk about it. They're blatantly doing all these course corrections, like they were off in this direction and they're they're reverting and they're changing this and changing that. They're cycling new characters in left and right. It has its fans. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Uh, this is a bummer. Um, Brian Fuller and Michael Green have left the production of American Gods. No, that's 
kind of poopy. Yeah, it is poopy. Well, it's kind of like the news that we got early on with The Walking Dead whenever Frank Darabont was, mm-hmm. well, in his case, ousted. Well, they were, there, was, there was complaints there about, you know, budgets, budgets and trying to get what they want done. Mm-hmm. And, and this, you know, but it's on stars, and it's not really tearing it. I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Periodically, I hear like, oh, yeah, that flat was good. Uh, but I don't well, have that rabbit. What I've seen of it, it, it is amazing. Um, but, you know, we live in a time where there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff. It, it's a rare it's a rare project that, 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 that is like an icebreaker and breaks through all the stuff and just bulldozes everything. Um, Stranger Things is a rare thing to happen mm-hmm. now because there's there's so much stuff and so much of it is good mm-hmm. you know yeah. um and uh so you know it's not surprising to me it's you know it's like you know i have to ask people i'm like is preacher still being made you yeah. know and apparently it is but i don't ever see it you i know? just i just you know again we talked about this before but it's like i just don't have the time no exactly you know, i look at all this stuff and i go do I, do I they, you know, they always say, oh, well, you know, you get, get through the first season of something and, and it gets good. It's like, yeah. man, I ain't got time for any of right. this. Right, right. Uh, I just started watching, just started watching Deadwood. Oh, okay. You know. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. How much are you loving that? And it's great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so cool. Didn't realize um, Walter Hill had so much to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Very cool. Um, this will get you excited. They're make you know those making of books that they do, like the making of aliens sure. and the making of this, making of yeah, that. Yeah. They're doing a making of the, um, the Devil's Backbone. Dude, I know. Fuck, man. I know. Yeah. Uh, that was, that's exciting. Yeah. Do that really with all exciting. of them. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah. All of the Del Toro movies. Do Just that with Shape of Water. I'll set a whole shelf aside for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. By don't, the way, don't do Hellboy too. By the way, I was at. Uh, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was at uh, 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 the local Barnes and Noble recently, and. Uh, uh, <laughs> A book that I hadn't seen on book bookstore shelves for years. Mm-hmm. How many freaking copies of Future Noir was there oh, at the store? Really? Yeah. I was like, that's cool. I hope people are buying them. Mm, yeah. You know, um, because of the Blade Runner. Yeah, 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 yeah. I should go over there. I used to have a copy of that, and I got. I oh yeah, it. They, well they've got some. They got yeah. some. <laughs> right on. Uh, let's see. Reported David Cassidy died last. We talked about it last right. week. His daughter on Twitter came out and talked about how she was there with him. It's were heavy, and the last he said so much wasted time. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, take note. Yeah, take note, kids. Speaking of that, that hits that hits some of us a little harder yeah, than yeah, others. Yeah. So, um, but it's a good lesson to learn, like early on. Absolutely. Um, speaking of Netflix, Stranger Things. Already getting a season three. I'm I'm on board. I loved both seasons prior to, and just as far as I'm concerned, keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yeah. Uh, and they just announced Mindhunter getting a season two. Yeah, which I have not seen, but I keep hearing really. really My good wife watched it. And she's she's like, it's really good. Yeah. It's really dark, and the guy who plays Edmund Kemper mm-hmm. is really good, and he just got cast in this this second the American remake of the second. Girl in the with a dragon tattoo uh, story, which yeah. you know, which ties into our show today because Fincher directed 
the first American, you know, the the girl with the dragon tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us. Which I still <laughs> Which I still won't watch because yeah. I you know It's good. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. It's just like stop like treating me like I'm an idiot and that I can't enjoy a foreign film. <laughs> like I don't read. Yeah. Oh, we gotta make an American for no fuck that, you know. I uh so this Bohemian Rhapsody movie that we've talked about, R- Rami Malek and whatever. Yeah. They've halted production. Man. Something about Brian Singer. Now, is it that Brian Singer is waiting there because there's long been rumors about Brian Singer taking advantage of people on set, allegedly? Right. Um, uh, you mean in 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 light of all the stuff? That's all, been, all this stuff. Yeah, all yeah. the Weinstein stuff right, and right, all that right. other stuff. So, um, there's that. I hope that this doesn't derail it and that somehow this film never gets made. Right. And I remember, like, I was how excited I was whenever, um, Homeboy, uh, Sasha Cohen mm-hmm. Baron was, was going to play. Cause I, I thought he would have been this. a good choice. He would have been a great one. He yeah. was on Howard, though, and he was talking, and the people who control everything is the, is the band. Yeah. And they were saying that the film pretty much opens with the death of Freddie Mercury. I just I just keep hearing that like Brian May is like just wanting to make a movie about Queen pretty much after Freddie died. Yeah, and you and don't like, get that it. That makes dude. no sense. Yeah. You do not get it. Mm-mm. Um this is kind of, these are kind of cool. These last two are kind of cool. Number 1, James Franco hot off the heels of the success of Disaster Artist is going to do a biography of Shel Silverstein. Yeah. The child's Fucking author a, yeah, and yeah. humorist. No, well, and part of uh, Doctor Hook. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, everything I've seen from the Disaster Artist looks looks great. Fucking phenomenal. Jennifer finally watched The Room, and Did she's she? like, "Oh my god, this movie is so incredibly dull." And I go, "Well, you, here's the thing with that movie is right, it, like you've seen all the parts you need to see. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah, clips. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah." And uh, I can imagine seeing the movie the first time and not knowing anything about it and being kind of like, what the I was fuck is Because yeah. I, I came to it after all the hype. Yeah. And when I sat down five minutes in, I thought, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't see the, oh, isn't it so funny? I, no, it's just a terrible, it's shitty just, film. It's just really bad. Um, but having said that, I think the disaster artist looks now that's brilliant. really interesting. Yeah, I just saw there's a YouTube clip uh, where they have individual scenes of the room right. side by side. And How well! And he nails yeah, it. Yeah, he totally. <laughs> um, and then David Goyer, who's a screenwriter, he wrote yeah a ton of stuff, and he's I don't know if he's directed anything, little things here and there, but he's supposedly writing a script and doing the Masters of the Universe reboot. Why we need that? I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> I remember, you know, you know the documentary about Drew Struzan mm-hmm. you know, and 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 uh, Thomas Jane, like you know, going through the book, and he's like holding up the poster for Masters of the Universe, and he's like, "I want to see this movie." He's <laughs> like, "I still haven't seen this movie." I know. But I, I want to see though, this movie. I people shit on that movie, but I dug. The, the the makeup on Frank Langella as Skeletor was the shit. <laughs> Did you ever see? There's a great thing in um, Robot Chicken does where uh, they release uh, the princess, where they release a sex tape with Beast Man. 
fucking hilarious. And it's just like the Paris Hilton thing. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hilarious. Moving on to trailers, there's a bunch this week. Uh, and uh, un- unlike uh, the last week, these are I was pretty I was pretty hyped for most of these. Yeah, agreed. Uh, first up, Abe and Phil's last poker game. Dude, dude, I'm just like. I, like I'm trying not to cry watching yeah. the damn thing. It's uh, Paul Servino and Martin, Martin Landau, Landau um, as two older gentlemen in an old folks' home, trying to amuse themselves. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, find and, some and, sort of meaning. And, the, and you know, and, and there's a part where Paul Servino's talking about is like, you know, we're you know we're friends. You know, like yeah. you know, it's like and. Uh, it, 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 I find it fascinating this this examination of people at that point in their lives mm-hmm. dying, yeah. um, still still making friendships, still mm-hmm. seeking out companionship, still doing the things. Well, it's like that a we weird, just like a, a love interest here with a girl thirty years his junior. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And and then and, and like one girl may or may not be his daughter his one daughter. of their daughters yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it uh, looks compelling yeah I, I don't know that I'm gonna go to a theater but I'm definitely gonna throw this on my yeah. queue oh dude it looks great yeah 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 um documentary on getting an Oscar called and the winner isn't yeah I, I it's, almost it's... I almost expected to see Kirby Dick's name on here somewhere <laughs> but... it, it, well you know it um it uh it looks like exactly the type of thing that's down my alley. That mm-hmm. this is, I love things like this, Back and yet at the same things. time, at at the same time, I don't. From the trailer, I don't really know. I don't really know what it's about. Yeah, he he talks about writing a song and wanting to win an Oscar, but now he has to get it into a film. Right, and and they just talk about that process. Yeah, I yeah, guess. yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a little unfocused. Um, and of all of these, it's the one, um, one of the ones that I was kind of like, eh, yeah, maybe. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it looks like the type of thing I would have watched in the 90s when it was like, when I would have watched anything that had to do with movies. Yeah, this film has not yet been rated. Yeah, oh. It feels like that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, a movie called Apocalypse Road, um, low budget uh uh, for me, this was the least interesting of the bunch. It, it just... seemed very low budget, but I, I appreciate that it had a look. I almost want to say we talked about a teaser on this before. We may have. Uh, but it, it looks like it's making, getting a lot of bang out of its buck. Yeah. So, but I, again. It, Which it, is always fun. I always love watching a low budget movie that, like, you know, is kind of a school mm-hmm. for, for filmmakers. Like, hey, here's how you, uh, uh, he never died. One, yeah. In my opinion, one of the best examples of how to, of, like, if you're going to show filmmakers, like, hey, here's what, here's how you get a lot of mileage out of nothing. Uh-huh. Watch this movie. Yeah, that's the way to go. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. Again, if it was on, maybe I'd mm-hmm. give it, I'd give it the ten minute test, and uh, if it didn't hold my interest, then I'd bail. Sure. So, next is a uh, Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, he's still alive. Uh, actioner called Armed. I take it back. This is the one that was the least interesting. It was, a little, it was scattered, right? It yeah. was about some dude. He's a barber who inadvertently wounds a mob boss. I don't and know what's going on. He has to go into hiding. And then he he was a part of a team who got gassed during a raid. I mean, it's interesting in that kind of Jacob's Ladder way where it's like apparently some experiments were done. And sure. And people are seeing things. 
I don't know. I like I just it did no. It gives Mario Van Peebles a chance to wear a lot of different wigs and look yeah. a lot of different ways. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> sure, um, I'm gonna skip that one. Uh, Bleeding Steel, the new Jackie Chan. Uh, uh, I, we've talked about this before. Yeah, I, I like it. It looks like a return to form. We we have the you know, uh, there you know a, a trope with Jackie Chan what, for a while was we're going to do this uh, cool action scene involving this um, well known piece of architecture. Yeah, and in this case, it's the Sydney Opera House. It's the Sydney Opera House, and uh, I, it looks solid. Looks cool. Very yeah. very sci fi almost. Yeah, that's what's weird. Is like it's like. You know, parts of it I feel like is like a, a typical Jackie Chan action movie, but then there's like this weird science fiction element. Mm-hmm. Of, like I don't know what's, I don't know if they're robots. A lot or, of chrome. Yeah, like what's going glass. on? Yeah, yeah. Which usually means the future. Yeah, but it, but cool. <laughs> yeah, anything Jackie's doing, I'm down. Yeah. Uh, Still never seen the Foreigner. I really want to see that. Yeah, it was playing here in town yeah, and then God it left. Damn it. There's a new Stephen King-based series on Hulu called Castle Rock. Right. Uh, it's being brought to you by J.J. Abrams. Um, yeah. I remember when this first, the, the teaser was done, and I was really excited. And I'm looking at this, and I'm kind of going, I'm still excited. But I also, I also, I, I, like, I worry that, uh, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams being the king of there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is going to try to do something where there's some, I don't know, who knows, like some government thing going on or well, some bullshit. Yeah, and that's, you know. there's canon in there. You look at the government involved in um, Firestarter, Dreamcatcher, and Dreamcatcher, Dreamcatcher yeah, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. So, so maybe. Yeah. But I just hope, I worry that it's just going to be like, you know, um, Fred Gwynn's character from Pet Cemetery wandering through a scene at, periodically, and you go, you know, is it? It's like where who's where's Waldo kind of. It'll a be thing. interesting. It'll be interesting to see it. You know how much of the how much of the novels are, you know. Well, they're saying that it's not Mark Bernardin who does Fat Man on Batman with Kevin right. Smith is is one of the writers on. He was saying that it's not adaptations of King's stories, but it's like. Given that these stories happened in this area, mm-hmm. here are new stories. Yeah. Okay. And it's got Stellan Star Skarsgård in it. Yeah. I want to say. I mean, it, it it looks cool. I'm you know I'm a huge Stephen King fan, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. Hopefully it'll be good. I'm, I'm hoping it's good. Uh, next up, documentary on the final year of Obama called The Final Year. Uh, um, this made me sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting. Way uh, way yeah, very much so. Uh, and uh, I imagine folks like who were fans of the West Wing would probably mm-hmm. really like this. It's very much behind the scenes yeah. of whatever. What's going but it on. also showed, I think it also addresses a lot of worry yeah. on the part of that administration yeah. going like, we're going out and it's it's going to, it's going to be very different. We'll we'll be kind and yeah, that. yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it was sort of made you a little wistful, going yeah. like, yeah, I remember a guy who could talking complete sentences. Yeah. Um, next up, a uh, movie called Journeyman, Paddy Considine. Um, he's a boxer. Yeah, and is he is he uh, directing it or producing it? He directs it a lot it? of stuff. Um, but uh, very interesting, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like him. He's, he's really he's, great. Yeah, he's, he did a movie about a dude. It's very kind of like super low-budget John Wick kind of thing where someone kills 
his brother who's mentally challenged mm-hmm. and he goes off yeah on, i forget the name of the film but any of that this guy's movies are great great it, it, I, I can't remember the name of it but it, one of the saddest movies i ever saw was was a movie with him mm-hmm. uh, starring in it it was a young irish couple that wound up in new york and like really 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 destitute and poor but mm-hmm. in, but anyway um so this movie's about he's he's a he's a uh he's a boxer looks like it's some kind of champion yeah he's a champion he he he's like uh goes and has like one last big fight mm-hmm. and that's the one that yeah does it he know? doesn't quite million dollar baby but he comes pretty fucking close yeah and and, and or it causes a stroke one he, of the two he's he has some type of uh um deficiency that happens as a result of him fighting Mm -hmm. and it's about him you know like at some point he doesn't remember his newborn baby doesn't remember his wife and 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 he nails in the fact like you know if you've ever spent time around anyone that's had a stroke or whatever else like he he wants to return to normalcy so bad to the point where his wife will say um do you remember this place and he goes yeah he lies do you really remember it and he's all no yeah um and then the idea of li- being the spouse and living with someone right. who's a ch- a champion boxer, yeah. And now you know comes the time of him being coming frustrated with trying to just operate in the world yeah. and the propensity for violence how, and how, how scary that can be. Uh, for me, the the thing in the in the trailer that really got me is like he's. At one point, he's standing in front of the speed bag, and he's just kind of feebly trying to hit it. Blo- you know, th- yeah, hitting it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, like, yeah, "What yeah. are you doing?" He's like, "Training." Yeah. And she's like, "Who are you? You know, t- training for what? You know, who are you going to fight?" And he's like, "The future." Yeah. And I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, dude, that's like that's heavy." And it's like every fucking every person's like worst. Yeah. It's one of those worst nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. Looks good. Uh, next up. Um, Lynn Shay, Robert Englund in a movie that looks like it's trying hard to develop a franchise called uh, Midnight Man. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling it. I Is mean, it just me, or are all modern horror films shit? Like, when uh, was the last time you saw a horror film that you went, this was really good? Uh, it's killing me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... The things that I like, people will say, "Oh, that's not a horror film." Mm-hmm. Crimson Peak, Mama. I liked Mama. Mm-hmm. I thought Mama was good. Um, yeah. But you know, like stuff like Insidious and stuff like that. I'm just like yawn. You know, yeah, I don't like, care. I don't. It, I don't care. And a and lot this of these, looks more like that. It looks yeah, very much so. Very much sort of Freddy Krueger meets Bloody Mary. Yeah. In a weird oh, way. Oh, yeah. It, it, anytime you have somebody, you know, something happening centering around this game that, you know, you, kids in this haunted house are playing, I'm just like, no, stop it. Stop yeah, it. I, I, I thought it was interesting because some of the visuals were cool, but by and large, this, yeah. is, this is the one of the ones I don't care. I don't this care a, about it. This should be a short film. <laughs> and entered into bleeding him. And entered into bleeding him. Um, the next three, I'm actually. Well, two of them I'm very excited about. Mary Magdalene, Rooney Mara as Mary Magdalene, right. Joaquin Phoenix as Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Kind of telling her side of the story. Yeah, okay, cool. I, you know, I think it's it's interesting in the fact that it's more of that, here's a story we all know, but here's an angle on it. Right. It's kind of like... Like The Last Temptation of 
uh, yeah, crust. I would say in my head it's more it's very similar to like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Sure, it's the same event. You're just seeing it from a different from a angle. different perspective. Um, well, you know, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. I, you know, I want my biblical movies served up with healthy, healthy, healthy dollops of complete fantasy and. <laughs> You know, or rock giants. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that'd be something that's interesting because, like, I say that, and then I see Noah, and I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> um, let's see. I'm gonna. I want to save this one for last, but um, this one I'm kind of so down for. You were never really here. Walking Phoenix as a kind of an artistic that looks cool. hitman. We, yeah, and we've we've we saw a, a shorter trailer for this before. We talked about. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it looks cool. I, looks like, super cool. Yeah, uh, kind of an it's it's kind of um, in the bag with things like the autistic uh, hitman and uh, the accountant. Right. Um, the idea of uh, somebody his so, life's a mess, yeah. but he's really good at doing one thing. Right. You know, and it's it's you know it's it's taken that idea of being able to hyper focus on one mm-hmm. thing and. Uh, uh, you know, it's not as great of a movie, but you know, chocolate does that. Yeah, you know, I like chocolate. Yeah, chocolate's it's silly. fun. It's, it's, it's silly, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one looks very cool. It looks very. And cool. it looks gritty, and it looks. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in for this. And then finally, the big elephant in the room this week was this Infinity War trailer. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just. I think we talked about it months ago, but the idea that there's so many characters in this movie that even if you give them each five minutes, yeah. you've got a four-hour movie. Yeah. And I don't care. I don't care about any of this yeah. stuff. Well, it's and like, just, it's, you know, the trailer The trailer does it, you know, at the very end. You know, it's like Thor goes, who are you guys? And like, oh, look, there's Chris Pratt smiling with his, yeah. you know, it's like the Gardens of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's like, I mean... If you're if you're a comic book fan, this is I watch Kevin Smith review this stuff and he's weeping. Yeah, and I'm just like I don't I don't get it. It's like how many like you know it's a it's a cartoon. It's a yeah. CG cartoon. I the only thing I saw in this trailer that like made me go that's cool was uh, a visual representation of Peter Parker's Spidey sense. Yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. The, the hair, hair rising. Up on yeah, the that was cool. That was cool. There are minute moments that you like for novelty. The the steel spider suit is like, well, that's cool. Yeah. But then you you, you get like show me off. that movie. Yeah. You know, like you, you get whisked off into this weird. There was a cool monster with like four arms. I don't know what the fuck what that was. But. Um. Yeah. I don't know the name of it. I don't um, either. But it becomes this giant scavenger hunt it's where Thanos must find these jewels. Uh, and, and by the way, Thanos, like... He looks like the guy on Pawn Stars. <laughs> it's so dumb. One of my friends, Patrick Donahue, shout out to Patrick. Patrick posted a thing that was like, when you when you order something on Amazon and it shows Thanos from the first Guardians yeah, yeah. of the Galaxy, like all looking like you... With the armor. Like when, it act, when it actually comes and you open the box and it's a picture of Thanos from this thing. Yeah, like, I saw one one today of uh, him when he shows the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. And uh, it said, remember when he was a kid and it was that young little boy on the beach going, yeah, I nailed it. 
fucking hilarious. And then there's a, another great meme of Thanos is Homer Simpson. That's fucking funny. And I love, I, I love, I, I <laughs> like these shots of like Doctor Strange is there standing with like weird glowing shit on his hand, apparently doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and there's just lots of it. It's like them, like, like you know. I, there, there are all these rumors that in order, for, it's a two-part film, so there has to be some big event, and everyone's postulating it's either the death of Tony Stark or Captain America. Kevin Feige came out, who's the head of Marvel, came out and said, we never intended to do a dozen Iron Man films. What we've intended to do is do an Iron Man film, give them a cinematic representation, and then move on, because right. the MCU is fucking deep yeah and they just released a graphic of what they have planned yeah. and it's bananas yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to be washing these these fucking things for decades yeah 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 uh you know it's never it's never a good thing when someone makes a makes a point that oh captain america has a beard now like that, like that's a you know, like that's character development. You know, it's like that's a point we're gonna make sure and address in our, in our thing. Yeah, yeah I, I, I guess that's important. And you know, you 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 watch the reaction videos, and these people are like, "Oh my god, it's so cool that look at this person." Well, see, they're, so, they're played like a violin. It's like you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 hey, yeah. if check this out, we're gonna include an image of the, it's like Star Wars, right? Yeah, it's like. Look, we put an ATAT or an at at in this, and there people like go, oh, oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> or like, you know, it becomes this game of, and I think it's part of the design where some guy wanders in, and you're like, and if you don't know, you're like, hey, there's a guy there. But then some fanboy is on the internet going, oh no, that's so and so from this obscure series no one bought that wants to, <laughs> and I'm like. I don't have the time well, for this. Well, uh, to be fair, we do the same thing. We do the same thing with things that we like. And, like, <laughs> we do. Because, like, you know, it's like, oh, shit, did you catch that Sonny Chiba was the guy? You know, like... Hey, speaking know, of that... I know, I saw... <laughs> there's a piece of video out there of uh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves. They surprise, being... surprise him on a Japanese talk show by bringing Sonny Chiba out. Yeah. And he geeks hard. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh my god. Well, because I mean, he's Sunny fucking Sunny Chiba. Chiba. It's like the other thing I liked is uh, John <laughs> Edwards, who's who's uh, been a guest on this show, sent yeah. me a thing where it was a uh, violent violent scenes in John Wick where the sound of the gun. Wow! 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 Has been replaced by Owen Wilson <laughs> saying "Wow!" So it's literally as he's shooting the place up. It's wow! 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 wow. <laughs> fucking funny. It was funny. Um, let's see, you were, you were said you were going to talk about some of the things you've been watching. We'll do a couple of these and get out. Um, I, I watched two Netflix things. Um, one was, um, Jim and Andy, uh, The Great oh, yeah, Beyond, yeah, yeah, which yeah. we had, uh, you know, checked out the Just trailer. Just talked about it. And, uh, oh my God, it's, it's exactly what I was hoping for. It's amazing. First of all, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, the idea of method acting, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I love. It's got to be annoying. I, I love going back to that story of you know Lawrence Olivier and yes. Dustin Hoffman. It's a great story, and uh, however, having watched this and and being a, 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 a not a super fan but a fan of Andy Kaufman stuff and and trying to figure out what he was doing and then mm -hmm. finally getting it, um, and uh, and also being a fan of Jim Carrey. As a dramatic actor, uh, 
I don't think I don't think it could have been done any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I I really like um, I really like Mila Schwarman mm-hmm. um, as a director. Um, I really liked Man on the Moon, and Jim Carrey says in the interview part of this thing, he wishes that they had released this footage with the movie. That would have been amazing. Yeah. I, I would like to take these two things and kind of put them together somehow. Um, but it's 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 jaw dropping and it's it's heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jim Carrey, whether it's bullshit or not, fully channels Andy Kaufman twenty four seven with during the making of this, this movie. So it's like, oh my god, you should see like you know it's like you, you can see the actors just like under at first they're like. This is amazing. This is it's so bizarre. Yeah, it gets old. You know? And then they're like, man, this is like hard. You yeah. Know? And uh, especially when, when he's doing Tony Clifton. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Tony Clifton was an asshole. He's an asshole, right? You know, yeah. and... Uh, and so is this guy that's doing him now. Uh, Bob Zamuda? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all those all those people are there. Um, Andy's real-life girlfriend, mm-hmm. what's her name? Margella? Mar- Mar- she's there. It's amazing. Anybody even remotely interested in filmmaking or in storytelling um, definitely needs to watch it. The other thing I watched on Netflix was uh, uh, Chasing Train, which is a oh really, yeah, I just added that really, really, really wonderful. I'm glad to hear that documentary on um, John Coltrane, and nice. it does a great job. And it has some what I really liked about it that I I hadn't caught in other things about Coltrane before. Um, it has, uh, there's a voiceover uh, by Coltrane, um, apparently from an interview oh, or cool. something well, that he did. Cool. Yeah. Um, I was, now i got to watch it. I was struck by watching it. I was just like, man, I, I, and maybe somebody has, and I just didn't, I didn't know about it, but um, a biopic on John Coltrane would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Same way they did Charlie Parker. Denzel Washington playing him, I don't know about now, maybe when he was younger, because John Coltrane died at 40. Yeah. Um, would have been the perfect... I mean, like, he looks like the guy. He sounds like the guy. Anyway, uh, both genius. of those are both of those are great. It took me a long time. I, I mean, I used to be a jazz buyer for Tower, and, and it, it was one of those things where everyone always would talk about Coltrane. And I was like, man, this guy's so popular, he can't be good, so right. I'm just going to just set him aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never listened to him. And... Um, Henry Rollins changed my mind. Yeah. Um, I asked him about it, and he said, "No, you gotta, you gotta go there." And I did. And Jesus Christ, yeah, it's so good. It's, yeah, um, and it's hard. It, I I get it. It's hard for people who aren't into jazz to hear it because I could see where, like, I could see my dad sitting and listening to this and just going, "It's just a guy going," you know. And but the, you know but that's the same thing with any yeah it's not jazz. that yeah, it's, there's a god damn it um, there's a song that he did with Johnny Hartman singing and I can't remember the name of it but uh, it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful and it's there's you know the the you know the last stuff he was doing um, the the stuff for uh, for Japan you mm-hmm. know, Nagasaki and, and mm-hmm. that stuff was. It's it's beautiful and haunting. Yeah. yeah, yeah anyway, yeah, it's yeah. great if you. Good. I'm I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah. That's very cool. Anything else? No. On that. <laughs> uh, I watched a lot of shit this week. 
it was a lot of shit, a lot of revisiting things just because I felt like it. Yeah. I revisited the Norlis tapes, the Dan Curtis thing. Norlis tapes is really That's cool. on YouTube, yeah. by the way, in its entirety. I revisited Hitchcock's Notorious. Right. Um, in preparation, we're going to, I think we're going to We're going to do be a, doing a Hitchcock show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and with a very, very with, special with guest. With a very special guest. Um, I saw the 21 Jump Street thing, which just made my butt itch. Um funny in a weird kind of one-off way but i don't even know it was on and i you're talking you're talking the comedy the comedy i really don't have any justification for it (laughs) um i rewatched from a whisper to a scream i re i watched a a a really low budget film on serial killers called a serial killer called long pigs uh it's very similar to sandman that snm man thing um, but then I saw the, the highlight was a Japanese film called Bushido, the Cruel World of the Samurai. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it's, it's a Jidageki. It's not a Chambara. It's more like, you know, straight up Japanese drama, but it was good. More like, more like Judo Saga. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't stellar. It wasn't great, but it was like one of those things where I hadn't watched it black and white Japanese thing in a while and yeah. I was like yeah right I on. remember the first time I saw Judo Saga I was like I didn't know what to think because mm-hmm. I was really young mm-hmm. and I was like I want to see you know more you know and and I wasn't used to like the silence yeah there's a lot of silence yeah 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 but then Japanese. and when I was like kind of like I don't know if I like this or not there's that shot of that flower yeah yeah and yeah and I'm like Oh. It's like what's his, what is it? Sanchiro Sagata. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Another exactly. Another yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was good. Uh, let's see. Reading anything? Are you working? Uh, on? I'm still reading the the books that I had talked about in in the past. I'm still working on uh, Snake Moon, the Rain Man Zarek book, mm-hmm. and I'm almost done with I Am Providence. I've got a couple Sherry Priest books lined up that I haven't read before. Sweet. Uh, also part of the Clockwork Century. Yeah, speaking of, of you talked about the doors. Uh, out of nowhere the other day, I heard Crystal Ships. And I mean, I am not a Doors fan by any stretch. Yeah. But God damn, it felt good. Man, Crystal Ships is a... So there's, like, there's, a, there's like a handful of Doors songs that like, mm-hmm. if I could just pick, cherry pick, and I, I suppose with the all the different things I can, yeah. um, I can make a playlist. Um, but, uh, you know, Crystal Ships is one of them. Um, End of the Night mm-hmm. uh, is another one. It, they're really... The really haunting stuff. Yeah. The stuff that I always said, I always consider the doors as not the beginning, but one of the beginnings of goth music. Oh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. And the interesting thing about the doors is they didn't have a bass player. No. Uh, the keyboard player did all of it on foot pedals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Getty Lee, your buddy. Yeah. Uh, buddy. Buddy. Uh, I don't have a book title, but I am going to say this. If you go to the... Uh, the show's Facebook page. I'm going to put a link up to, for 40% off on any Crossroad Press book. Hey, and it, it just so happens. Just so happens that, <laughs> yeah, I have a new book out. So go to the thing and use it. Okay, so I, I know you're not going to do it, so I'm going to do it. Okay, String of Pearls um, is the, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's a follow-up. It's not really a follow-up. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's similar in that it's a collection of stories mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, similar to um, uh, now I can't remember the Moonlight name, Serenades. Moonlight Serenades, yeah. um, and uh, it has some great stuff in it. And you guys really need to 
And it's forty percent off. That's forty percent off. And it's only really... the whole book is four ninety nine. Is our for for people like me who want a print copy on their shelf? Is that's that coming. A, that's coming. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, the new book has what does the new book have? It has for it the both Moonlight Serenades and String of Pearls has the opening chapters to the book I'm working on now, right. which is the sequel to No Flesh Shall Be Spared. But in, but also String of Pearls introduces um, a character called Father James Thorpe who. Uh, the, originally, the story was called Jean Claude Van Damme Exorcist. Right. It's like an armed priest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a centerpiece that is a, a tale set in uh, feudal Japan that, if you keep your eyes open, you'll recognize. You'll it. recognize what what it's. Uh, there's a few things to. in there. Um, there's a piece on. Um, I think that that's the for me that's like that's like that's like the clown town of this. It is. Of this collection. I'm working on a piece now that's a, I'll, I'll, I'm giving it away on my website and I'll announce it in the next couple of weeks, but it's, um, it's a, it's a mashup of, uh, uh, Apocalypse Now and, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. And it's coming together. By the way, have you heard the, uh, the, the DMX, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that, <laughs> no. that just came out? No. Yeah. I want to though. Oh, it's, it's, I, <laughs> it's not, you know, it, cause like, Somebody was asking me, it's like, what's it like? And I'm like, it's like DMX singing Rudolph the Red. It's, he's not like rapping it. He's just like, <laughs> he does the whole rap at the, at the beginning to you. You know, dancer and dancer. <laughs> I gotta see this. He's like, but do you recall? Say what? <laughs> but it's, uh, but it, it, but it brings up, uh, you know, I mean. I kind of think he's a deplorable person. <laughs> he's That's got funny. 15, he's got fifteen kids. He's a million dollars behind on like child support payments. He, he he's keeping it real though. He's a, a ten million dollars in the hole. So the IRS are after him for like I can't. I it's just like yeah, uh, gotta have your money right. So if you're a fan of DMX, I'm sure no, I he just would gotta hear it. That just sounds like a train wreck. Streaming his new um. <laughs> the one thing I to finish up the crossword press thing, but but besides that, crossword press has a ton of stuff. Yeah, it's got all of Craig Spector's books. It's got a, a lot a lot of stuff, and it's a place that reprints a lot of stuff. You can get Elizabeth Massey's Sin Eater well, there, and and one of our one of our uh, one of our shows is was David. Yeah, David Wilson, um, who's the the main guy over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, it, it's forty percent off, and you know, you know, it can always, that can always help. And I yeah. and, I, and I recall, it's for the your entire purchase. Nice. So that's good. Uh, are you any music you want to talk about that you've heard? Uh, uh, music. Um, no. Okay. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure there's stuff, but I, I. I was not prepared to talk about music. <laughs> like, this week, it's like, like, look, man, I watched a movie. Like, don't, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't get off my, get off my dress. Uh, let's see, real quick. Uh, big collection called Dreamy Screen Soundtracks from the Echo Observatory by Bebop Deluxe's Bill Nelson. Every song's like a minute or two long. Right, I back up. God damn it. Go on your computer and look up WDBX Archives. WDBX Archives. I've mentioned this before. And listen to one of their... Sh- well, listen to their station because it's amazing. And But uh, in particular, pay attention to um, a show called The Big Mix. Oh, yeah, you talked about yeah, this. Uh, that's my music for Very this Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I'm just going to keep 
shouting out. Shout out, out that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right on. Uh, let's see. There's a they reissued Tom Waits's Real Gone. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah, it's that's great. Uh, I found a girl, Karen Souza. She has a record called Velvet Vault. It's mostly loungy cover songs. Yeah, I checked out. Uh, I checked out. Uh, something and, and I I like it. It's cool. It's different. Um she doesn't different. have a great voice. It's no, very see, that's what that's what's weird. It's like she Yeah uh, there's there's some other folks out there right now that I just like their voices are 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 what kind of make them. Yeah. She's not one of those people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just stumbled upon her and I and I thought it's interesting because she does really bizarre loungy versions of really bizarre choices. Yeah. Uh speaking of that, New Bjork's out and it's a Bjork record. There are moments in it that are really good, and there are moments that are just yeah. You just scratch your head. I, you know, there's there's a few artists that for me are they're like that every time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I and and I always kind of I always say this with trepidation because I always feel like I'm going to get you know mobbed. But like Tori Amos is an example. Mm-hmm. It's like. Some Tori Amos I really like, and then other. There stuff are whole just, records of hers that I could yeah, couldn't care about. You know, um, but then and, there's and, other stuff. And Bjork is a is is another one of those. And yeah. like while I while I adore Bjork as kind of like an artist and a person, mm-hmm. um, her content it is either really fucking cool or I don't care. Yeah, you know? the, whether it's the all is what's the there's a video with very iRobot. That, she, that she's a robot. Oh, yeah, yeah. All uh, is full of love, I think so, it's called. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. And then you go deeper, and it's just like, ooh. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's 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 part of it is that, uh, you know, you're kind of getting... I, I like Bjork as the whole package. In mm-hmm. other words, there are some songs that I probably wouldn't listen to, but I love the video for, mm-hmm. so I'll watch and listen to the, you sure. Know, the video. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but yeah, that Hunter one. Is yeah, like oh that. yeah, 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 yeah. And then finally, um, this is this is officially old guy stuff. Uh-huh. This is really old guy stuff. There's a record out called The Dukes of September. It's Donald Fagan from yeah. Steely Dan, uh, Michael McDonald from the Dewey Brothers, and Boss Gags. Yeah. And the music they do, I can hear people now going like, "Oh Jesus, Ugh. I know." But you know what? You, it's one of those things where they keep they keep it moving. They they. Each artist gets represented. So there's Doobie Brothers songs, there's Box Gag songs, right. there's, and then there's some standard stuff. Yeah. Um, them ch- they do Buddy Miles's Them Changes. I've yeah. never been a big Michael McDonald fan. In fact, I I was I keep forgetting. I was. <laughs> Go ahead. I uh, in fact I I was a huge fan of the Doobie Brothers until Michael McDonald came on. Yeah, me too. Um, I love. Steely Dan, mm-hmm. and I love Donald Fagan by his, himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, Boss Gags, man. I dig Boss Gags. Boss Gags is a shit. Yeah. He is. Here, here's a couple things. Number one, Fagan, I, I can't help but feel this is part of him realizing, like, whoop, Walter's gone. Yeah. I need to figure some shit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the weak link in all this. Really? His voice just doesn't. It's just really weak. Well, he's, I mean, he's got a weird voice. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the solitude in the in the yeah. studio. Because oh, a lot of the Steely Dan stuff, it's the famous um, thing about the guitar lick. Like, he would, audi- they would audition a dozen guitar players 
and then pick the lick they were going to use. Right. And that famous we lick. To, in, we need you to play these three notes. Yeah. There's a there's a solo in Peg that Jay Graydon did that yeah. it was it's iconic and and they went through a lot of shit for it. So there's that. Uh, Michael McDonald. Um, he he's just he's. He's like one of those guys like think like Michael Bolton or Kenny G. Right. They conjure a certain time and a certain kind of music. Yeah. I agree with you. Boss Gags, the shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a lot of people don't know is is that after Boss Gags recorded Silk Degrees, the backup band enjoyed playing with each other so much that they started a band called Toto. And so then they went on and right. continued to play on all his records. Right, right. But you forget stuff like Lowdown and that man. whole Middleman record was yeah. so big. So, good. so with this record, it's like, it's this nice sampling of a certain time. Sure. And the band rocks. Yeah. I mean, you know, clearly these guys have been playing, they've been playing Hey 19 forever. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's presented well. So, you for know. Fi- for folks who, who, you know, kind of, uh, if you haven't rolled your eyes yet, yeah, <laughs> you check it out. I mean, it's good. It's all over YouTube. You can get it on a lot of the stuff on YouTube. For your best in yacht rock. <laughs> it is yacht rock. <laughs> That's so funny. Yacht rock. All right. So uh, I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, next week, we we have an artist on that yeah, we do. Is, is really good. A guy named Matthew Sylvester, and we're looking forward to that. Matthew's a good guy. He drew a piece that I ended up writing a piece in that's in the new book called sorority about young teenage girls and zombies um but he it's really good and i want to we want to talk about i just love hearing how with artists or writers anyone talk about process so we're going to talk process and influence and we got some really cool stuff lined up we're booked into march and everything's looking good yeah crazy crazy so please tell some tell your friends listen Talk to us, please, on the please Facebook page. Please talk to us. We never know. <laughs> I just want to know what we're doing right, what you like, and the, some of the things that you think, man, I really wish you'd stop talking about dead guys. Uh, but just let us know, because we really want we really want it you know, yeah. um, to be... We want, to, we want to make the show you want to hear. To which, for example, um, the Hitchcock show, uh, we're, we're uh, bringing Heather on, Heather Shreback, who... Sturbiak. Yeah. I'm... I'll, I'll fuck up your name. Now forever. she's gonna yeah, Heather's gonna come back and say you're both fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but but she um she's a listener who 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 we were talking with and realized she mentioned the Hitchcock show. And well, I thought, and that's let's what, just get her on and that's talk one about. of the cool things about um people who listen to the show is like um most of them that I've spoken to could easily be a guest on the show. They 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 know their show. Agreed. John Edwards was that way. Yeah. A lot of these people were. And the, here's the thing. Here's uh, This is going to... Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> we have people on here who... who Brian Ellison is one. Right. Um, who, on paper, they are not genre or film journalists. You're like, why are you talking to this person? Why are you talking to this person? Right, right, right. I'll tell you why. Because this friend of mine can talk circles around most... Cinematic journalist. Yeah. And that's why I think there's a, especially with the internet, there's a a propensity to feel that somehow this guy knows something that, and and that you all don't, and that makes him. It's unfortunate. It's the reason why we have to put things like, you know, you wrote for Fangoria. I write for Stop Motion Mega. You know what I mean? It's like. There's a credibility there. When really, 
none of that really matters. Yeah, it, 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 absolutely. When you get down to the conversation, absolutely. It's but but it's the it's the the sign waving. It's the it's the the sign flying out on the sidewalk in our <laughs> banana suit that we have to do. But I routinely tell people I will put any person that we have here on as as a guest against any genre journalist yeah. out there because you know and you've heard if you've heard the show you know what we're talking about yeah these people are really fucking smart and they just don't choose to make it their living yeah and so i think heather coming on to talk about hitchcock is the is the shit it's and the we're going to do more about that yeah. more of that kind of stuff so let yeah. us know um we're moving ahead life is good 2018 Ugh, coming God. up i know and, we got a, and we've got a christmas show coming up yeah. too that's going to be fun so, anyway, we're going to see you next week with uh, Matthew Sylvester, fingers crossed. Thanks for listening. This is the Bonus Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary.